0: Did you did you find that link, Driver? Man, alright. In in that thing. You found it in that thing. That thing.
1: Oh. Yes, go. Oh, sorry, no, I it's there's it I have a boot situation. I've been trying to figure out for a while. And I thought oh. I just figured it out, but I did not. Figured it situation. There's this okay. Here's the thing. There's the specific kind of new balance boot. And it's a really nice looking leather boot and I really want it really bad, okay? And it's called the New Balance Rainier from, it's the early 80s. And I got my hands on a pair uh, via eBay for a really good deal. I got them for like 80 bucks. Uh, and I got them in hand and I bought them knowing like they were a half size smaller than I normally would get and I was like, oof. This is kinda like this is gonna be a stretch. They're really, really hard to find. They're even harder to find in a bigger men's size. I wear ten and a half. I bought them in a ten. Got them, didn't fit. Huge bummer. And uh I was really sad. I sold them on on Depop for like three times as much as I bought them for on eBay, which was really funny. So um that was great. And then I just thought I found some that were my size, but they uh are not. And I'm now I'm sad again because I thought I just Crack the case. These I don't are, think I'm ever going to get them. These yeah. are hiking.
2: Sorry, when
3: you said boot situation, I thought you meant like an injury boot.
0: No, well, I, like I, a, I'm never booting. Situation. I did play football. Uh, I, inter- I, I thought you meant football boots, and I was like, oh, I just bought two new pairs of New Balance football boots. Let's talk about those. Oh, did but, you really?
1: I've been yeah. wondering. I've been looking into. I'm trying to decide what I'm going to buy next. Probably. I I don't play enough to like really wear my shoes out. So. Um. I don't know. Like I've been playing I played indoor today and I've I've been wearing the same indoor shoes for a few years. You guys know that sambas are super, super, super popular right now and like selling out everywhere. Mm
3: -hmm. Well, I mean that tracks because they're super super popular always and forever. And super comfy. Well,
1: no, they like I mean, they've always been like a staple, but like they're hyped is like what I'm saying. And that's not been a thing for like years, Trevor. So like popular shoe, hype means they're selling out and like hard to get in a lot of, you know, it's kind of crazy. Anyway. Book I have like popcorn. three
2: pairs that have worn out that I have in the closet for some reason. So maybe I'll sell those as- You could just dish.
1: like walk down the streets of Brooklyn
4: Looking real cool in those right now. Oh, yeah. I bought bought two pairs last year, so maybe I should just put them on Depop for three times what I... (laughs) (laughs) I
1: I think so. Take a lesson from Kyle. The dang shoe game. I'm telling you guys. I'm trying to clean out.
2: Speaking of the game, welcome to episode 111. It's a great number, I guess. Oh, that's kind of fun. Not like a big numerologist, but, you know, three ones in a row is fun. So, you know... Welcome, welcome so is, to the episode. So is six is one hundred eleven prime? No, of course divisible by three. I should know yeah. that. Wow, Oof. I know. Sorry, that clown. Is really embarrassing. <laughs> um <laughs> We have a larger than usual episode, so let's actually do introductions. Okay. uh I'm Matt. Hello. I'm Matt. Hi. Hey Matt. Hey. Next. Oh, I'm Kyle. Else. Hello.
0: <laughs> I I wear boots next. (laughs) I
1: actually don't really wear boots.
0: Sorry. As I say, here's the problem is that we've all got a different rotation on the screen. So I can't even be like, okay, we're going to go left, right on the screen. Everyone's actually got a different
2: one. Yeah, it's just seeing who's the boldest.
1: Ian, now you're next because you were talking. I'm
4: I'm Ian. I'm next. I'm done talking. Nice. All right, I'll go. This is Colin. Affectionately known as the pod doctor.
2: No, you're officially known as the pod. Doctor. Officially,
4: officially yeah. known as the pod doctor. Uh, okay,
2: sorry, it's Doctor Pod officially, but
4: you know, <laughs> affectionately, Pod Doctor. Yeah, all right,
2: fair enough. Um, and yeah. then let's do a social hour, and we can all give our 15 minute updates. <laughs> uh, in all seriousness, let's do uh, let's do speed rounds. It's like one or two things that you've oh, okay like I seen per- or watched. I'll go.
1: I gotta. I can't go very fast. So someone else go first.
3: I, I can go real fast. Okay um matt you skipped me for intros i'm trevor
2: anyway I'm, you weren't bold enough yeah, yeah that's fair. You, I get it. Jump in. you weren't
4: you weren't bold
3: enough in the moments that's fair <laughs> it's fair i get it it's partly my fault anyway quickly um my what do we do this weekend for social hour we had made plans and they got ruined by the weather we were going to go to lagoon uh to do frightmares uh charlie and i and then we both kind of chickened out on saturday when we found out I was going to be like 40 degrees and raining and snowing. So we ended yes. up not doing that, which, um, sucked cause that ruins our chance to go to Lagoon this year. Um, but other than that, the only real kind of exciting thing that's happened around here is I got some detail brushes, which are brushes that like Ooh. you can put on the front of your drill, like a, yeah, just a drill. And we've got a whole bunch of stuff that like we've been trying to clean, like deep clean. Um, And haven't really gotten around to it for a long time. Uh, Just like showers and baths and walls. We've got a couple of kids that have made several messes throughout (laughs) this house over the years. And we're finally going to tackle them. I've got easy to use scrubbing brushes and they're the best thing in the world. Definitely recommend picking those up.
2: They're called detailing brushes?
3: Detail? Yeah, I'll show you. I'll send you guys a link. But yeah, they're just just brushes that like attach to the front of a drill. I know what I'm talking
1: about. Yeah, those are great.
3: They're the greatest thing
1: I don't have of them. in my life. I see, uh, I'm like, I get a lot of cleaning TikTok content. Like, I, okay. it's, it's kind of, I feel like I've made my way onto like OCD TikTok, like really nice, like painting without tape. Pe- people that are really good at painting like walls without tape. Lots of good cleaning TikToks. Kind of like the uh, oddly satisfying TikTok type of thing genre you know i think those are those are great and that's i've seen people with those brushes a lot of the car delay detailing people will use those as well
3: that's where i first like discovered that they were a thing yeah there's a a guy that keeps popping up on my youtube that's like a car detailing those are crazy videos
1: because they also show how dirty people's cars can be and it's pretty wild sometimes
3: yeah it's pretty crazy but anyway yeah so i found some of those (laughs) finally got them ordered and i'm really excited to finally get some like cleaning stuff done that we've been meaning to do for years that's good yeah we're excited about it hmm. that's it that's all
2: i got that's pretty good all I can right can go, oh, no, go, go, go next i was gonna
4: be bold i was gonna be bold it's good all to right. be bold in those moments so uh last night uh a couple of friends including sarah and i uh, we did a draft uh, of our bakers for this season's uh, Great British Bake Off. <laughs> oh, who do you have? Who do you have? I have... So, I, we watched the first episode, and then we did okay. our draft. Great. Um, okay. I have Abdul.
2: Okay. I, like I have Abdul.
4: And I have Dawn. Wait, wait a okay. second.
2: Is this season already over? No, we've, we're to the round of eight, or... So uh, whatever they Paul, call. Them. Are
1: you drafting from the beginning, or are you drafting from the round of eight?
4: Yeah, we nobody has seen anything. We have okay. no spoilers. I figured. Um, so yeah, we drafted from the beginning, and yeah, this is so. the is this the same
1: season where they make tacos or whatever they call. Yes. Them? Oh no! I, yeah, I, I, believe,
0: I, I believe I believe this has spoilers. That even yeah, I know that. Like, <laughs> well, that's I mean, what I've seen.
4: Yeah, but like, I don't know who wins any episode. Yeah, like, I know, I know what I happens in that. some of these episodes, but I don't know any of the bakers, so. There was another, they did ta- tacos
1: and they also did, what is it? Like, there was some other food. Right, so so they there's been pizza. a lot
2: of, there, there's a, a s'mores discourse right now. Yeah. Um, oh, okay. Um, and uh, so Jenny writes a chocolate newsletter. Yeah. Uh, you can find it on my Twitter. I retweeted it, but, uh, or her, her Twitter is better, but she doesn't <laughs> sure. talk about RSL. So it's uh, automatically better. Um, but the, the, the idea is they made, s'mores sure and they use digestive biscuits um but oh. that's actually something jenny's been doing for like three years interesting okay. and she swears by it Um uh, now for i mean kyle we're kind of outnumbered now yeah um mm-hmm. so all these other weirdos can enjoy them but uh, <sighs> i have normal I, people cannot
1: i mean i've had gluten-free grams and they're pretty good uh yeah. did they were a lot of people mad about the digestive biscuits i don't know what that's what one of the few
2: things it's uh, like a probiotic
1: that, Piece of bread or what's no, the? No, it's deal? like oh, it's,
2: a British cookie.
1: Okay, it's,
3: it's
2: not. Why is it called a digestive
1: biscuit? What is wrong with, with British people, dude? Like, they're all sick, man. <laughs> just <laughs> real, you know, they're like. I mean, they they're like the prime minister situation. I don't know if that just like I don't know if Brexit just like made them all even worse. But like, there's something real sick going on across the pond, and I don't I don't like any of it.
2: Yeah. So Sorry. digestive. It. I mean, it's actually a little similar to graham crackers not flavor i don't maybe they're similar in flavor i don't know
3: they're i mean they're Uh, not where it's like
2: purported to be healthy for you what's that like graham crackers were also purported to be uh, a good way of suppressing like sexual urges what yeah oh yeah it's very strange okay And i'm sure the pod doctor can educate us on the genetics of that but no let's go colin how does that work? I'm
4: sorry, your feeble brains couldn't <laughs> couldn't <laughs> even bad. follow it. Wait, wait a sec. What's that
1: really weird? What's that Australian food that sounds really gross? Huggins? It also probably what? Vegemite. Vegemite.
2: Vegemite. Vegemite. It is that, that's
1: like in the same genre as Vegemite, except Vegemite. I'm pretty sure is actually disgusting. I don't know if digestive biscuits are, but
2: no, they're I'm delicious. Good. When I was in
1: Scotland, I had
4: haggis, and it was actually pretty good. Kind of tastes like haggis. Is a
1: bad name too. Um, okay. <laughs>
4: Um, the, the, that, the draft
1: of that going. sounds that's like a pretty
4: good idea. I like that a lot. Yeah, and I think Sarah ended up with uh, Janusz. Okay, and I can't remember the, the like eighteen-year-old girl. What her name was, mm-hmm. but so. We what we do is we're all going to watch one episode before we get together again. And if your person gets eliminated in that episode, you have to bring dessert to the next viewing party. Oh, okay. oh. So then we then we'll we'll watch them together in person, bringing desserts and so.
2: OK, that's okay. a lot of fun.
3: Yeah, I'm not going to spoil anything, but remind I'm looking at the so far what's happened and who's been eliminated. Remind me who you've got.
2: I've got Abdul
3: and I've
4: got Don. Dawn. Don. Dawn, OK. And Sarah has Yanush, and it starts with an M. Mirrors.
3: No, it's. Oh, I'm not going to get this one right. Mysham? Mason? Something like that. M-A-I-S-A-M? Yes. It's probably one of those Irish names where it's all pronounced goofy, and that's really mean, but. I think she's actually Iranian. (laughs)
2: Uh, Libya. (laughs) Libya. That's it, yeah. Libya is the Ireland
1: of the Middle East, so that's pretty (laughs) close. That actually okay. isn't whatever okay anyway i I could make a case
3: if nice I had man. Seen the last name, which I'm looking at now, I would not have guessed that it was Irish, so
1: mm. wow, Trevor, maybe I think we've all learned a valuable lesson here, yeah, what? what else Colin any any uh any spicy hot takes on recent events or any good shows, any good food other than the future
4: no. baked goods? Um, I mean, I went to the jazz game tonight Um, go. they were just playing Houston, um, as of recording and that was good. And, uh, before, uh, before we went, me and my daughter stopped at squatters for dinner. Nice. Um, and I got the jambalaya, which was like, honestly, just about the most perfect thing on like a cold rainy evening to have just like some hot rice soup with some sausage and chicken. It was delicious. Yeah. Here's the thing about jambalaya,
1: obviously like a Cajun, Cajun dish um i can't think of a worse environment that i would like to eat jambalaya in than like a hot swampy day in the south you know like it's like obviously like a mountain
4: food imo
3: are you just like opposed to all cajun food this is a general rule i think
4: i don't think he's saying he's opposed to it i think that he's saying that like because it's always so hot in the south yeah. Do you but want Kyle, a hot soupy rice. Trevor's like, on to something I mean, a little bit.
3: Like jambalaya. I understand what stressed, you're saying, you know, Colin, but what Kyle has very famously said before is that he also hates shrimp boils. Oh, that's true. The yeah. most disgusting thing on the I hate, planet. I okay.
1: Well, it's the scene. It's it's horrifying. It's like carnage. I'm not If anything could make me vegan, that's whatever that whole nonsense is. I do like jambalaya and actually brings me back to being a a boy scout and one of my boy scout leaders making it in a like dutch oven he had like a dutch oven jambalaya situation and it was really good i'm more of a sausage rather than shrimp jambalaya person but um i'm not like a, I, I understand like the shrimp and like you know being in catching some shrimp i assume in the bayou I, is that what they do i don't know um you can't really catch shrimp here other than brine shrimp but probably don't work as well in a jambalaya but i do one way to find out it's a good like fall colin's exactly right like this was like the weather this evening was incredibly it was so pretty it was it was cold but it was like we have this amazing mix of like winter mountains and fall in the valley still and you can see the line on the mountains where it goes from like red to white and then it was like foggy and rainy and sort of snowy and then basketball game wow colin that's Wow. It was nice. I, I could paint that picture for
4: everyone. That's that's great. Yeah. You did it much better than I could have. That was very just, poetic. I just well, you, Kyle, I was driving. Were... I
1: spent a lot of time in the car this year and I was just like looking around. I was like, wow, I didn't think to myself I could go for some jambalaya,
4: but I could have thought that that was something that could have crossed my mind. Well, now that now you're going to be like, you're going to think about it tomorrow and it'll be cold again. You'll be like, you know, nothing. Yeah. Nice little spicy soup on a cold
1: October evening. <sighs> yeah. Anyway, Ian, what's going on with you, my friend? I uh, in a hotel.
0: Uh, I'm in a hotel, uh, so I think it's. Um, I've listened to enough episodes of this to know that I have to go back to the weekend nice. uh, prior to the recording. So um, my kid had a debate tournament, which I've never oh, been yeah. to a debate tournament before. Nice. Um, and so I many. assumed it was some sort of uh, analog to sporting tournaments, and it 100% was not. Um, <laughs> and so we did that, and then they had a play that evening. <laughs> Um, it was a play called Trap which is kind of a spooky play that it was actually pretty cool kind of pretty good for a high school production Um, nice I say that as someone who that's probably the only high school production I've ever been to in my entire life so the bar was pretty pretty uh, in the middle there Um, I'm in Utah this week for a couple of conferences we had an internal conference uh, (laughs) at work on Tuesday and then the rest of the week I'm at St. Con down in Provo and then Friday night we're seeing Turnstile, and so it's. Uh, we figured we might as well just spend the whole week in Utah in a hotel in Sandy. So might go might go peep the stadium with all the grass out. So,
1: ooh, nice. That's cool, man. I uh, I don't know anything about debate tournaments. I know Vircho was a judge at them because he was also a debater. Yeah, um, and he, he
2: did debate coaching for a while too. Was he was he a master?
4: It's hard to say. It's
1: it's really to tough.
4: Say.
0: It seems like he was pretty good, Colin. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I do know Virtua was very stoked to hear about debate tournaments, and so I, I have to have that discussion about all the weird things I learned in that day. That I was, uh, yeah. It's definitely. I'm I'm more of a, a sports kind of dad, and so I was like, yeah, let me go. Yeah talk to you about breaking that kid's knees. And it was a lot more like good, good yeah. job. I don't know what happened. Well, Why did, 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 did I,
1: name. did I say something about Nancy Kerrigan recently? Did I make that joke?
4: was it in relation I, to soccer? Uh, mean, um, yes. It was when soccer. we were at, it was when we were at beer bar and you said oh. that uh, we needed a Tanya Harding situation for GTA yeah. Oh,
1: I named the <laughs> other one. Okay. <laughs> nice. <laughs> That's right. Uh, well, I mean, he didn't do anything, so some <laughs> I mean, maybe we did mentally. Uh yeah, Virto just gets so excited at the mere mention of debate.
2: Yeah, I mean, I'm rightly so. Time. It's the best. It have,
1: I'm not gonna go ahead and make a declarative statement about being the oh, best, wow. but I do think as someone who was uh, more of a DECA guy,
3: DECA uh, DECA
1: competitions went extremely hard.
3: Hold on. Now I gotta remember what DECA is.
2: It was
1: just it was a nonsense marketing thing.
2: Distributive um, Education Clubs of America. It's not it. I don't think. I actually don't know. It might be. Is it?
1: Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that's what that is. A terrible career
3: development type stuff. Is that what we're talking about?
1: It was. uh, Um, I remember
3: that there was a Deca Club that existed, but I had no idea what It's whatever.
2: (sighs) Our brand. What? What is this?
3: It's
1: now just called
2: Deca Inc., but it used to be the thing I said earlier.
1: Does it actually, so doesn't, I, does it actually stand for something now or no? not anymore? Okay. That's probably good. Um, yeah, yeah. they, uh, they're really fun. And I, because I was in DECA, the marketing classes I took, my t- teacher basically just like gave me credit for those classes because I was in DECA and he tried to use DECA as a way to get more kids to sign up for DECA. He, he tried to he tried to be like, you don't have to do anything in this class if you sign up for DECA. Cause that's essentially like, the class, nice. and so I would just be. We'd have a class going on, and I'd be in deca So he'd be like, "Okay, you don't really need to do this." And I would be in the back of the classroom with some other friends who were in Decca, and we'd be playing Age of Empires too. And it was a great game, and we had a lot of fun.
4: Oh man, what a game! I know it's still, it still phenomenal. a great game.
0: I haven't if played get, it since then. Oh, probably we need we need to get that. We need to get a night set up that we do that because off
4: the crossbar Age of Empires tournament. We're not oh. gonna.
2: Twitch stream. I am awesome. not like I'm a awesome. real-time guy, but I'll play.
4: Those are, <laughs> that game is awesome. The Iron Age.
1: Off, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so I uh, I will also be at Turnstile this Friday. Um, love that. Sh- hopefully it should be a pretty cool show. Kind of a weird lineup, but it should be interesting and fun. Um, snail Mail and JPEG Mafia. Very strange.
0: Snail Mail is great. Just oh, I love snail, snail mail. And I oh, like Mafia
1: a lot, too. I just I can't uh, understand um, why they're all playing together. Uh, anyway, let's see. I did go to, <laughs> to Frightmares um, on the day that Trevor did not because of the weather. Um, but a uh, few notes uh, showed up right at opening, uh, which is when the weather was best for the first like few hours. That weather scared a lot of people away that day, so I we really didn't have like crowds at all. We also rented a pavilion, um, which is like fifty bucks a day, and we split it like eighteen ways because there were a bunch of friends there. Um, it was awesome. We did our old western picture. It was great. Did the seance. Had a, a gosh dang blast in the seance. I'll say it was very good, wasn't it? As <laughs> oh. as a volunteer at the table, it was very. Are you were a volunteer, yeah. Uh, <laughs> when. Uh, the, the, uh, the little, the assistant guy came over when we were all waiting and we were waiting in the arcade area. Cause it was raining. He was like, uh, he's like, does everyone have a ticket? And I, and I was, I was standing at like right in front of him. I was like, I I do. And I have, I whipped out all of the ticket. I have. was like me for me and my 17 closest friends or whatever. <clears throat> and, uh, he was like, oh, okay. So he came and talked to me and he was like, who from your group do you think would be a good, good volunteer? So I volunteered a couple that was with us. And I, it it was a great choice. They, they were so freaked out. Um, (laughs) it was so fun. It was, it was, it was really great. So I had such a blast at Lagoon. It was, it was like not a Dave, not for the faint of heart, but it was for those that have like a considerable amount of investment in Gore-Tex. So, um, that was nice. That was great. Uh, had just, it's, it's just so fun. Frightmare is just, I just can't get enough of it. Um, and like it was so like they they were considering clo- they closed an hour early, but they were considering closing even earlier. And I think a lot of people left in anticipation of that. So we got out of the seance at like 630 and there were just there was just no one there. So we could just ride whatever we wanted that evening. It was we did a couple of the haunted houses, too. One was really pretty good. The night walk kind of kind of kind of kind of scary. Oh, OK. That's, um,
4: we did uh, we did like the Frisco one. I didn't and, do that one. And Sarah and I were both like, this is lame. And I think, Dude. like, I'll, I'll give the teenagers credit. They're trying very hard. But hey. as, like, a 34-year-old man, I'm no longer scared of teenagers. Sure,
1: yeah. No, so, like,
4: they're just not very scary. Yeah. So, that just, like, doesn't really work for me.
1: We did two, and the first one wasn't. The second one, the first one was, I think, three spiders. The the nightwalk one was five spiders. And the Nightlock one was really good. Like, they did, a, like, really amazing set design. I do... Wonder about the working conditions for these teenagers, because extremely loud, like hard style metal EDM, <laughs> like blasting at all times. <laughs> and they're just having to constantly scream at people for like hours on end. Good. Psychological torture. Very perplexed by like the workplace protections for these youth. But I doubt there are any. So um it seems like they enjoy it. So uh, that's cool. Well, that, all that's
2: even better than being in a union. I, yeah. and knowing uh, that you enjoy what you do that's true you know I when would, you're at, when you're at lagoon it's more like a family so you don't need a union that's
4: true it,
0: it really I, mean,
2: I, I might need a union for my family but yeah anyway, i think, it's, sorry, I, mom, I think it's
0: important to point out real fast that it is okay to be a 38 year old man that's afraid of teenagers <laughs> teenagers can be very very mean and very cruel no i i, I agree they that like break you down so we just want to make sure that that off the crossbar and the rfl soapbox properties you know are accepting of 38 year old grown they're adult milk that's are couple of tattoos and afraid of teenagers so if we're talking
4: like post-school when they're all in a in a <laughs> gaggle of eight of them that's the most terrifying thing in the world but like you guys, guys are a you trying to scare me with a fake hammer is just not very scary yeah, yeah, yeah. there's a there's an
1: episode of of What was Louis C.K.'s show called? Was it just called Louis? Louis. Louis. There's an episode of Louis where he's on a date with a woman and there's like two, three teenagers or something. And they come up to them in in a restaurant and they just say to Louis, beg, beg me not to to beat you up. (laughs) (laughs) And he's like, do I fight these teenagers or do I literally just do what he says so they just go away? And so Louis decides to beg these teenagers not to beat him up. And then after like the date continues and he's like, like, and she clearly feels like kind of put off by this. And he's like, well, what, like, what was I supposed to, did you want me to fight these like children? And she's like, well, no. And he's like, well, then what did I do wrong? And she's like, I don't know. Like that was just kind of, kind of pathetic.
2: <laughs> the scary part of that is that that's not even the scariest part of the date. I.
1: I that is true. That is absolutely true, but I won't spoil a nine or to ten year old episode of. Oh, the- I
2: haven't seen the episode. I'm just well, going I off of what I know yeah. It was a bad joke, joke. but it was. Yeah, it was- I I didn't mean
1: to imply that in the episode he actually did do the he did me to himself like that, but.
4: Um, um, yeah. Have you seen that? I think you should leave sketch with the magician. <laughs> 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 yes. <laughs> Tim Robbins is he he
2: embarrassed. <laughs> t- Tim is the best. I need to watch more than the first episode. I guess
1: Tim is incredible. He's like one of the
4: funniest people. Look, uh, look Matt, if you haven't seen Coffin Flops, you are just... Oh,
2: I did see Coffin Flops. <laughs> okay, that, was that not in the first episode? I think it's the first
4: episode of the second season.
2: Yeah, it might be. Oh, there's two seasons. I, I don't know. I did see Coffin Flops. Okay, yeah, it was very funny. Yeah.
1: This is a corn cob TV production, but yeah. So I watched <laughs> I on Corn cob TV on Thursday. I watched El uh, El Tráfico, and that was great. A bunch of corn cobs in that game. Had a blast doing that. Um, and then just been to, like had a lot of like family stuff through the weekend. I played indoor soccer tonight at Soccer City. Um, that was really fun. Uh, I had I had a goal and a couple assists. One of my passes was real nice. I'm not gonna. You know, if they, I'm not. I'm not saying it was recorded and it's being sent out to scouts, but I'm just, you know, it was. uh I don't know something. Did those, did those boys at the Soccer City make you look like Luka Modric? Oh boy, me. They made me look like Jordan Henderson, who looked like Luka Modric. <laughs> know, I'll tell you that much. Um Yeah, so that was that was great. I've uh, been watching. Um, so still watching the Midnight Club, that uh, Mike Flanagan production, amazing show. Also, in my own time, watching uh, a little number called Channel Zero, which is a a show that was on the sci-fi channel that's been acquired by AMC Plus slash Shutter, And it's a nice little uh, spooky television show. I'm really enjoying it. It stars. uh, I almost said Dan Schneider. That's the creepy pedophile Nickelodeon guy. I am referring to Paul Schneider. Paul Schneider. There we go. There we go. Non, non-pedophile Paul Schneider. what's the
4: thing we've always said about him. We uh, won't We won't get into it too much here, but right. at last episode you were talking about Midnight Mass, and we just have wildly different opinions about that show.:
1: You didn't like Midnight Mass. I, Midnight Mass and uh, is, is one of my it's just, we, we won't get into it here. I, didn't, I know how you guys feel about Midnight Mass. I love that show. Uh, you probably like the Midnight Club more. It's less uh, fantastical.
2: Um, I watched the first episode, actually, and it was a lot of fun. Men' I club is it was really good.
1: It's awesome. I really, really enjoy it. It's really great. Um, but yeah, uh, Channel Zero. I'm this, is you know, Paul Schneider. Pretty good. Pretty Famous for not being a pedophile and famous for being on Parks and Rec. Uh, Can I
3: ask maybe a stupid question? Sure. Is this similar to what's that stupid show? I just forgot the name of it. This looks like it's a well, show it's that stupid, has like a different cast every single season and it's like a different anthology story. show.
1: It's an right. anthology show. Yeah. Are you thinking of American
3: horror story? That's the one I'm thinking of. American I it's,
1: haven't watched American horror story. There is a different story each season. And I know there are multiple seasons. I'm just in the first season and it's essentially, it's about uh, this guy is like, he goes back to his hometown, a hometown where there was a bunch of like child murders. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> that took place in like like decades before. Uh, and his, his brother was one of the kids who died and it's a, it's a whole thing. And it turns out there was this show that was being broadcast on a dead channel that all these kids were watching and the show was doing weird stuff to these kids and, uh, the kids who all died or the kids who, you know, were involved in all of that were really into that show back in the, in the eighties. And then as he's coming back into town. He realized that his friend's daughter is also like she's seeing the show now, the, the 30 years later or 40 years later or whatever. Um, so, yeah, just uh, and then things get a little crazy. It's a good show. I'm really liking it so far. Um, But yeah, that's that's about it. Turnstile Friday. Halloween parties and such this weekend. Very excited about that. And yeah, I think I think that's. About it. I'm still listening to Other World. I can't recommend that enough. Jack's making the rounds, po- promoting that podcast. He was on True and On yesterday. Loved that. Um, yeah. Anyway, listen to Other World. <laughs> it's a great Halloween time podcast, and I think it's a great uh thing to be listening to right now if you're into that kind of thing. But
2: yeah. Great. I guess it's me now. <clears throat>
4: uh
2: so I'm we'll out all the time. time anyway. <laughs> So I put on a, a little internal tech conference at work that Ian attended. Nice, uh, and I did get to hear Ian talk about sewing machines for a good fifteen to twenty minutes. That's
0: Thirty-two cool. minutes.
2: Thirty-two minutes. <laughs> uh, well, I mean, fifteen to twenty about sewing machines. The rest was wait a little more technical.
1: I have a question for Ian. I can't forget after your after we go we go through yours.
2: All right. All right. Um, and, uh, other than that, I watched Dawn of the Dead over lunch today.
1: Wait, which one or the first the, one or the second? The
2: 1978 one? version. I watched the complete cut for the first time. So there's I'd the complete
1: seen... cut, there's the director's <laughs> cut, and there's one other one, right? Uh,
2: so the director's cut is sometimes variously called either the, the theatrical version, which was okay. George Romero's preferred version, uh, or the Kane's cut, uh, which was rushed. <laughs> Okay, uh, and sometimes people call the cane's cut the d- the director's version, but the complete cut uh, combines uh, Dario Argento's uh, non-American cut of the film for like European audiences. I see that uh, he was he got permission from George Romero to like cut the movie for European audiences, which nice. is okay, very strange, but yeah, very that's strange. very odd. Uh, and the music is actually really good in that cut.
1: I've been I've been seeing it's been making rounds a little bit. People were talking about the Zack Snyder version. I didn't realize it was Zack Snyder that did the
2: 2004. Yeah, I saw it once and I didn't I didn't love it. Like, okay,
1: I need to watch. I kind of want to watch both, but I don't know which version of the original to watch. I've heard the director's cut is. Is the best one, but I don't know if that's true.
2: Yeah, that's probably the one worth watching. Uh, The complete cut does combine everything from all of the cuts. Okay. So it's not um, everything you'd want. All right. Do you need to watch it? Uh, I don't think so. Um, the director's cut is, pro- I mean, like the theatrical cut is probably good enough, but the music situation in the complete cut is much better. So it's got a bunch of music from an Italian prog rock band called Goblin, <laughs> which, I mean, that's that's fun to begin with. Um, But it's unique music as opposed to George Romero's like, archive music that he used for the theatrical cut and yeah. he does a great job with that that archive music but okay. it's a very different feel so I mean like imagine a John Carpenter movie without John Carpenter's music and you'll get kind of the theatrical version here Trevor are you trying to say something or are you coughing?
3: I'm trying to shield my You're coughing, not. yawning mouth noises from whispering mouth. Nice. to your cat oh, or something
2: no um, so yeah, that's that's kind of the long and the short of it. uh I'm sure I did something oh, I've played a lot of board games over the last week, which is good. I'm a big fan of board games, so nice love it surprise, surprise
1: um Ian, did you like via three one three pizza?
0: I did actually it was a uh, i I knew that we were going there, and I intentionally didn't ask you guys what to get because I wanted to kind of go in
1: well i can like, only I can only recommend. Really yeah, get, one thing. The only the thing I've ever got. Get the gluten free crust with dairy free cheese, get the Detroiter <laughs> and get hot honey over it.
0: I,
2: so as far got, as the
1: pizza that I can have, that is like really good for what I can
0: I can get. So we got the the omnivore on okay. normal crust with normal cheese. Is the uh, normal crust the Detroit style? Yeah. Well sorry, the Detroit style. Um Okay, and that Is was it, that was very good. That was incredible. Their nice. garlic bread was very very good. If uh, you can eat things like bread and gluten, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, it was it was very good. It w- would good
1: recommend. I I crave that pizza quite a bit. Yeah, it's so good.
2: Oh, yeah. All right. Interesting. Should we get to the? Uh, Let's do a soccer. Other stuff that some people tune in for.
1: Yeah.
2: All right. So. Social hour
1: people tune out. See you next week. See Time next to get week. down to some brass tacks
2: business. All right, so roster decisions are out, and that's why we've summoned the forces here. This is our our A team, I guess you could say. That's right. Um, baby. I don't know who Mr. T is, and I don't know who. Oh, I remember uh, the A team anyway. Has a a guy from Star Trek: The Next Generation in it, but he turned out to be kind of a right wing nut job, so a little unfortunate. Anyway, so we're here to to talk uh, through roster decisions and all sorts of things uh, related to the roster and construction of this team, less about results uh, in like a discrete match by match fashion, uh, but over the course of the season. Uh, so let's let's start off by just going over uh, the news itself. Uh, the first is that uh, six players had their options declined. That's Tate Schmidt, Chris Garcia, Brett Halsey, Johan Kappelhoff, Nick Beesler, and Bobby Wood. Mm. And so there's that. Uh, and then three players are out of contract. Uh, and that is, uh, Trevor, your audio is fine, by the way. Okay. Marcelo Silva, Tomas Gomez, and Sergio Cordova. So there you go. That's that's the uh, the long and the short of the news of today. Uh, The club did specify in the press release that with the three players that are out of contract, they're in active negotiations. What that looks like, I don't know. Um, And then there are some indications that the club may try to return Bobby Wood on a reduced contract. We'll get to whether that's a good or a bad idea uh, later on. But I just want to take the temperature first. Um, Kyle, let's start with you. Uh, How are you feeling about these moves? I, uh,
1: you know, I think all of these are the correct decision. Um, Has the club ever said goodbye to a player officially on social and they've they've come back through uh, like a renegotiated contract? I was wondering about that. I'm not sure. Because um, I, I think someone brought up that, like, you know they they posted thank you, good luck in the future to all six of those guys, I
3: believe.
2: But. Yeah, they did. Um, whether they they've done otherwise in the past, uh, Trevor, you looked like you had some thoughts there.
3: I no, sorry, I was just saying I don't remember that happening. Um, yeah, but I also wouldn't be surprised. Like most teams usually do, like a thank you post for a lot of th- and like. I don't remember a time when any other team has done it where they've been like, thank you, this player. Yeah. Cause anytime that they like, I mean, they didn't include Marcelo Silva, Cordova or any of those guys where they specifically said we're under negotiations. Um, but Bobby Woods featured front and center on the RSL home screen right now with a big thank you with the other five guys. So I would, (laughs) <laughs> it would be weird, I think, if they said thank you, Bobby Wood, specifically. And then he they didn't say back. thank you to Marcelo Silva and Cordova.
2: Maybe um, they're not thankful to those players.
1: Yeah. Well, the, those guys are just out thank of contract. Probably. They're not declined, yeah. right? So, like, Correct,
2: yeah. And declining um, is an an active thing. So I, I don't know.
3: Yeah, I, I, I don't know. It's not something I've truly paid attention to or kept track of, but I think it would be weird if they're like, thank you to this player playing yeah. for our club and then they just brought them back very soon yeah. after.
2: Uh one other thing to note here is that in previous years we've been able to see what options have been taken. That is not the case this year. So we have no idea whose options were taken, uh who was on a guaranteed contract for yeah. next year regardless. And that so makes there's a that, lack of clarity there. And
1: that makes so as far as my my temperature to give you an easy answer, I'm I'm in favor of all of those decisions. I think all of those are the right call. Uh, I'm a Tate Schmidt's kind of an interesting one to me because he played in a very important playoff game, uh, like a week and a half ago. So I'm a little confused by that. Um, it's like I, I don't know that that's weird, but and then it's hard for me to judge the back half of that question, which is the implied whose options did we pick up? Um, Cause we don't know. So I assume there were some options that were picked up that I'm maybe not, I'm not happy about, but I don't know. <laughs> so, yeah,
2: yeah. So, so I guess this brings us to like, who are we not happy about? And Colin, let's, what, what do you think?
4: Well, I was going to real quick echo, uh, or talk a little more in depth about something Kyle mentioned, which is Tate Schmidt, because I actually thought that there was a system that Tate Schmidt played really well in this, this season, um, when he was playing as like a wing back when in the, in the first couple games of the season um not necessarily as like a left back but really playing as a like hybrid wing back left mm-hmm. midfielder actually, i actually thought he was very good um and so i was actually a little bit surprised by that decision um for a couple of reasons one because there's a system in which he's kind of been shown to be effective in now whether or not it's a system we're going to employ often is another question um But the other thing is, looking at it, uh, he was one of our only depth pieces uh, at left back at all. I mean, now we have uh, Oviedo and we have Andrew Brody as our de facto left backs. uh, And then we've got Aaron Herrera and then Andrew Brody as our... So it's like, basically, we have three outside backs. um, And so to lose a depth piece like Tate Schmidt, um, I thought was a little bit... You know not necessarily that I think that he's fantastic, but it comes to a point where if Oviedo, who's an older player at thirty three gets hurt and is out for four months, and Aaron has played a lot of games and suddenly picks up a, a two month knock, like what is this team's option? And the answer is, is that they don't really have any.
2: We could um, play Andrew Brody at both positions
4: <laughs> yeah exactly so that that that's was that was a little bit of a weird call. To me, that was the one I found most questionable, but um, the other guys I don't think um, had offered a lot throughout the course of the season. Um, Okay, so the question you originally asked me was, was who am I not happy about?
2: Sure. Yeah. Who, Who would you would you think like if they were on an option year, we should have declined them? I'm trying to think through... Or are we pretty well set with who we have? It's about who we need now. So
4: one of the things that um, I I talked about a little bit with you guys earlier was like, I don't really understand what the Danny Masofsky situation is. Because I really feel like when he came, there was some indications that his contract was up at the end of this season. Um, But he was definitively listed as being on the roster for next season. So... I don't know if there was an option that RSL decided to pick up, or if there was just like some initial misunderstanding of the contract situation. Um, and and I'm not a hundred percent sure, but if his, con- if if, it, if his option was picked up, I don't really know why. Um, because he obviously was not a part of this team's plans at all uh, in the second half of the season, even though they traded for him. So um I was surprised personally to see Danny Masofsky there because I thought that he was gone after this season.
3: Not to be mean about the roster question thing, <laughs> the confusion, but it wouldn't be the first time that we've been told a player has one contract and it turns out it's a different contract.
2: Yeah, I think that's, that's, uh, that's definitely fair. Trevor, how are you feeling about this?
3: Um, overall, I'm not really pleased. Um, I don't think I made it a secret that I really wanted this roster to be like not blown up, but overhauled, upgraded. Um, And like this whole thing, it gives us some room to upgrade some pieces. And I think like a left back or an outside back is an obvious place where we can definitely improve. If we're letting Tate Schmidt go and we're going to get somebody that's like an Aaron Herrera level player that is clearly like a starter at left back. And then that's obviously an upgrade. And that's a place where, it's good that we let Tate Schmidt go because it creates that room and we can get a much better player. If that's the plan, then that's fine. I just don't think we, and I don't want to sound mean here, but I don't think we released enough players to make enough upgrades to like actually make a huge difference in this team. We only released four or five players and released some money, opened it up. And that means that we've got a smaller amount. How do I say this? It's our window is very tight. And we have to make the right signings with a very few number of players. If you've got eight or nine players that you can sign and you get three or four really good ones in there and then the rest turn out to be not that great or like just average role players, then that's fine. But you've got four players now to find four like starter level players or like all-star level players that are going to actually improve this roster. So I'm not, really thrilled i I really would have liked to see a couple other players that didn't get a whole lot of minutes don't really figure to be in the future of the club um let go and just to create more room for more possibilities to upgrade pieces and and get the the signings right the players that we let go were kind of obvious players they've they've barely contributed so it it makes sense that some of them are going but um i I just thought we could have cut a little bit more fat out of this roster in order to give us more room to make more changes
4: um, and more upgrades specifically quickly I just do want to say that RIP to the Nick Beasley center back experiment
3: <laughs>
2: it, it's five years too long yeah alright Ian uh, so this leaves us with something in the range of when you consider the target allocation money spent on Bobby Wood to keep him under a designated player level uh, and then the salary, especially from Bobby Wood, but also uh, Johan Kabelhoff is probably the other big one. Like, Do you think RSL can do anything meaningful with, let's say, like a five to $600,000 in salary, budget, and then maybe 700000 in TAM?
0: That is a good surprise question that I'm not prepared for. So I'm <laughs> going to speak in theory and hypotheticals. Uh, that's what we
2: can speak in because we... There's no way we can never get the details on this, right?
0: Yeah, but I could have like pulled up some, you know, salary stats and said, well, these are players that we can afford in that, but (laughs) no, it's fine. It's fine. Uh, So, so here's my, here's my thing is that I think, and I've said this a lot on my appearances on here, but I don't understand what the team and what the coaching staff is trying to do. So it's hard to answer that question. Like my first blush would be might want to consider bringing in a goalkeeper because Zach McMath played every game this season and that's not a good thing. And, and in the press release the team's like, oh he's, you know, the the club's first Iron Man to play all 34 games. And that's not a that's not necessarily a good thing because that means either you don't have anyone that's really challenging to for that starting spot. Um or the whole season we were on the brink of Tomas Gomez starting, right? And I saw Toma, I saw Tomas play for the Monarchs once, and that makes me nervous. So, you know, I personally believe that Gavin Beavers should have always been the second choice once Ochoa situation was out there. Um, but if that's not the case, then that's the first thing that has to be solved. The second thing that has to be solved is apparently, and this is something that I, as far as I know, no one had heard until the playoffs and until decision day, but apparently Sergio Cordoba is not a striker. He's a reluctant striker. He doesn't want to play striker (laughs) and he has never played striker. And so... Um, I've always made the joke that RSL is just like, oops, all midfielders um, because it seems like every season we've, it's either all wing players or all midfielders. That's what the team is or all right backs. And right now we have a lot of right backs and a lot of midfielders and a lot of players that I guess apparently now are midfielders that were strikers before anyways. So I think if you've got 1.2 million or, Uh, I I believe that's why I saw Bobby Woods being, you know, that you can work with that. Like you have to have a proper number nine and that number nine can't be Jefferson Soberrino because Soberrino is not a nine. Soberrino is not a 10. Krylock's not a nine. Apparently Cordova is not a nine. So you have to solve that problem. So you, you, I think there's, there's two things there is, if Beavers is not going to be that plan, then Beavers There has to be a backup goalkeeper that is in between McMath and Beavers because that is a scary situation, Uh, especially when you're playing a right back as left back most of the year. Um, And then there has to be number nine. There has to be someone that can go score goals because when you've got five or six midfielders in front of your back line, no defense is going to threaten that. There's going to feel threatened by that. So they're just going to play in a block.
2: Yeah, you mentioned Demir Krylik, and I think it's worth pointing out today uh that Perry Kitchen formerly of DC United uh, and LA Galaxy. Yeah, some other teams. I don't know all his teams. Congrats on your retirement, Kevin. <laughs> <laughs> it's very good. Um, but he, he retired at the age of 30 after <clears throat> like substantial nerve damage in his back.
1: Yeah.
2: And it really gives credence to the the idea that you know it's okay to be nervous about Demir Krylik's return yeah, and whether that actually happens. We can be optimistic. I mean, he's certainly optimistic, but these are tricky injuries and uh, there's often not much that can be done uh, to, to restore him to a playing level. And we'll see. He's, I mean, he's been, they, the club said he was back in training and training with Real Monarchs. We talked about that last episode still isn't clear to me that like what that means that said well and
0: and the thing with kralok and and this has been my struggle with kralok is it's everything i've heard about him and i haven't had the fortune of meeting him is that he is one of the most positive people in the whole world so i can see him having a back injury and refusing to let that bring him down and therefore so everyone's really optimistic because like oh we had a positive conversation with him and i wonder if that's just the way he is as a person and not necessarily an indication like a leading indicator of where he is in his recovery and so i've been emotionally preparing myself for that day that it comes out like you know he's he's becoming the luke mulholland he's going to go be he's still under contract so he's gonna go spend a season making sure that the monarchs win another title and then we're gonna move into the front office because Ooh. you know unfortunately we've seen this pattern before player gets their back injured player goes to the monarchs comes off the bench scores some goals creates some chances brings home a trophy moves to the front office like we've seen this pattern before and it's it's really nervy to me that that's the pattern because if we're going to be oops, all midfielders, <laughs> one of them's got to be a good midfielder. And right now, Krylock unfortunately is the only one that's proven that he can play a midfielder in the system. So.
1: Yeah, I, I don't know. I I'm trying not to get my hopes up for it just because back injuries are so bad. I don't want to be like overly negative. Cause I, I mean, Demir Krylock is my favorite player who's played for RSL in a very long time. I mean, you know, we had the tail end of some legends somewhat recently, but like Demir Krylock is just like kind of a breed of his own. And I would be extremely, bu- I'm I'll, I'm extremely not looking forward to the day where uh, it's official that he's not playing for us anymore. Whether that's he comes back and plays a bunch of games and it's fine and he retires normally. I'll be sad that day, but I'll be even more sad if it's, if it that day comes sooner. I'm just trying not to get my hopes up that like we can count on him as a difference maker in the next year when I, that stuff just really makes me nervous and this year was just kind of a weird i, I didn't i didn't like the the optimist. i don't i don't want to say i didn't like the optimism but like i i di- i never trusted the the you know he's coming back <laughs> toward the end of the season thing um i kind of trusted it with bobby wood but i shouldn't have but i like i mean when that kind of thing happens with a player at his age, it's just, I, I don't know. So I think it's absolutely, I don't, he wasn't on an option or was he, I, I don't know. We don't know. We don't um, know. I, okay. Well, I'm glad he's back next year. I'm just not trying not to factor him into like what I have planned, what I would like to see for, from this team next year, just cause I don't think it's a guarantee. I also don't know where he fits in the four, four, two that we had a lot of success with at Throughout different points of the season, so I don't. I, I honestly, think the suggestion
4: been. is that he's playing up top, and I think that's always been the suggestion: is <laughs> that he was going to play up top. I guess. Yeah. Um, but I
0: think the, the four-four-two comes out of necessity, so that that may be someone else I also, also think wrong.
1: I think with the players we have, the four-four-two is our best formation. To be honest, uh, not right. counting Demir Krylov, but when you have yeah. your best player in the, it comes out of to, de- yeah, it comes out of necessity that we don't or have Demir Krylov, but it's like it's got to be a 4-3-3 or a 4-2-3-1. Yeah.
4: IMO, but whatever. I was going to say that, you know, everyone is talking about the return of, of Demir, and I hope that that really does go well, but like he's 33 coming off a back injury um and pinning your hopes next season on that is really worrying. Yeah. And I don't think any any fan who says that, you know, that you know there is legitimate worry there because he's your highest paid player, he's a DP He's taking up a, a large chunk of the team's salary, and we really don't know what we're going to get out of him next season. The other yeah. thing that I'm worried about, I don't like. Don't get me wrong, Marcelo Silva had an excellent season. Um, the, you know, they gave Justin Glad the MVP of the season, and they gave Andrew Brody the Defender of the Year. And I was like, no, if if like if Justin Glad doesn't win both, then Marcelo Marcelo Silva was the Defender of the sure. Year. Marcelo Silva was absolutely phenomenal. My problem with Marcelo Silva is he's also 33. And this is the first season he's ever completed, like basically without injury. And, you know, there's talk in, you know, there was talk in the press release of signing him to a long term deal. And I'm like, what's what sort of long term deal are we signing a 33 year old defender to? That's really Mm -hmm. worrying to me because I think we all remember what the last couple of years of Olave looked like and it and it wasn't pretty he oh, he didn't yeah. have it anymore and we paid him a lot of money to not have it and so i have real concerns about you know some of the some of the things we're going into next season of relying on these old players who who you know like it's it's always a risk when you rely on a player at that age it it can ob- obviously have huge rewards mm-hmm. but it's it's something i'm it's it's concerning to me
3: on that note. I think it's very easy to, I, you're not wrong. Like it's definitely concerning, but I think it would be easier because we've also got Zach Farnsworth who finally is ready to see the field. We've also got Haziel Roscoe, who's finally ready to start seeing the field. I don't in have theory, any problem yeah. with in theory. Yeah. I don't have any problem with us starting to bleed those guys into starting games and, and let Marcelo, take a lot of games off. If Marcelo turns into a third option or an option off the bench throughout most of the year, I I don't mind signing a guy that's given you a lot of years and wants to retire here. I'm happy to keep Marcelo here until he retires. I'm not happy paying him a million dollars a year, but at a reasonable salary, I don't really have any problem with him moving into like, like I said, like a third string role, occasional starter, you know what you're going to get. If you're, if you're signing Marcelo Silva, to be the starting center back, I think that's a mistake for sure. Because we have two young guys that we need to either start developing or, you know, we need to do something with. They need to start seeing minutes and putting them in starting roles or rotating them throughout games with Marcelo Silva spells Marcelo Silva. So you're not relying on him for 34 games, which we shouldn't do. And it's also giving the younger guys minutes. With a very veteran defender as kind of a mentor, so right. I don't. With that I don't mind. I, I'm. I'm fine with re-signing Silva. I don't want to rely on him uh, to be a starter. Correct. Yeah. I, I. I 100% agree with that. I think the way that you're talking
4: about the development of this club is something we haven't seen though in yeah. several years, at least. Not since as we've talked as you guys have talked about ad nauseum on this pod. Not since Deloitte put the mandate in place for pecky to play the young players like we haven't really seen that pipeline and so i'm worried based on even what we saw this season that it becomes like hey we're fighting for a playoff spot we don't have any time to play these young kids because we can't afford to drop any games and so like it becomes a question of like you know the the thing about development is is you have to be okay saying we're developing for the future and that result might not be here right now but for the way this team has operated over the last couple of years, it's we've got to get this result to get in the playoffs. We can't afford to play these kids and have them make mistakes. I so agree. I, I agree 100% with you, but that is not the way that this club has operated over the last couple of years. So.
3: Sure, but that doesn't make it like, okay, or not. Worth criticizing. <laughs> no, absolutely. It's, it's absolutely going like, it to okay. be a
2: criticism. We're so. not a critical <laughs> podcast. So. No.
3: Yeah. No, so we, that's what I'm saying. Like We need to be doing that as a club you need to be doing that and that's all part of the same thing if, if we sign Silva make him a starter we're not doing that and that's very bad for several good reasons
2: so let's let's move on here i promise that we talked about that we would talk about bobby wood um okay. how's everyone feeling ian let's start with you how do you, do you think bobby wood's going to return and that he will somehow avoid injury for more than five games now okay that's not fair. He did make he, he was injured in like the 17th game of the season. So anyway, Ian go. So
0: I I have mixed feelings about Bobby Wood because Bobby Wood to me in my mind is always going to be Saint Bobby Wood. He's going to be the US national team player that played a really solid striker, made a lot of chances, created a lot of opportunities was kind of always on the national team. That Bobby Wood disappeared. That Bobby Wood has not come back from the forest yet. Um, and unless that Bobby Wood is going to come back from the forest over the winter, um, I'm not super interested in Bobby Wood coming back. Now, I know I just went off on how we need a number nine, but I don't think Bobby Wood is that nine. Now, maybe I'm willing to, to give this a chance is that with someone like Saverino, uh, someone like Michael Chang, actual wingers playing actual wing, and actual midfielders playing in the midfield, that might create opportunities for Bobby Wood, because the what's in my mind is the last game. I think the last game he played a full game or, or played more than a few minutes. Um he looked miserable because he was playing on the wing he was he was all over the space trying all over the place trying to create space because there was no one else that was capable of creating that space he had one solid chance but it was him coming in from the touchline trying to get back to the center to get at the top of the box to score and it, that's not necessarily the movement and the leverage you want from a number 9 and so, if if those things happen, I'd be glad to see him come back. But I don't think that that big of a contract really justifies it. But if another MLS team comes by and picks him up, like that's good for him, good for his family. Like that's that's probably the best possible outcome. But if we can keep him and, and put a system around him that saves us from having to go out and spend a bunch of money on a number nine, because it sounds like that might not be a thing that happens. And we get him back to that St. Bobby Wood status, then yeah, bring it on! Like my my twenty twenty three jersey will say Wood on the back, and I'll <laughs> put it next to my my Taters jersey. I'll have Taters and Woods. So
1: my bigger concern with Bobby, like if 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 Bobby is healthy the whole year and he plays instead of Sergio Cordova in all of those games, I don't think he scores. Like he probably scores about the same as Sergio Cordova. I think.
3: Um. Okay, i would disagree weigh in on that real quick yeah you go ahead so bobby wood i'm just looking at stats from 2016 to now his whole career back when he was in germany
0: sure
3: um and with rail salt lake he had played 125 games which over six how years many games still not that well, many let's, let's talk about per minutes i'm not worried about that that's not the point the point is over no, 125 kind of games <laughs> he scored 16 goals. Yes. That's back to twenty sixteen to now, he scored sixteen goals in league games. Yes, including Bundesliga,
1: so. where Sergio Cordova also couldn't cut it. What I'm saying is like if we don't have Sergio Cordova this season, Bobby Wood's healthy the entire season, do you think he scores
4: how many did Sergio end with? Ten, including a penalty. Yeah, uh, he ended, I mean, he ended with nine in the regular season and then two in the Austin game. So okay. eleven so we really
1: not, th- if Bobby's healthy the whole season and is in every single position is, is playing in lieu of Sergio Cordova, do we really not think that he could score nine MLS goals in a season? He plays every game though.
3: I mean, played everyone every game? games with rsl scored five goals across two seasons no yeah, i don't i, I know don't but he's all five to goals against if it. i yes but I trevor
1: he's been injured three quarters of his two seasons like which is part of the conversation that's what i'm saying i'm but trevor i'm saying if he's healthy and <laughs> that's what all of this to say is my concern with him isn't his play it's it's yeah. his freaking health because he can't yeah. stay on the field so that's why he's not worth paying the money all oh, i'm saying is like i think he's a fine player the problem is his entire career, he has not been able to stay, stay healthy. The reason yeah. why he fell out of favor so many times in Germany, other than just when he like could never find form, is because he was never consistently healthy enough to be able to find form. I don't like. I don't think he's a bad player by any means. I don't think he's like worse than Sergio Cordova. I think he's an equal player to Sergio Cordova. Cordova just is infinitely more uh, healthy. Apparently, like yeah. Bobby Wood is cursed with the injury, and he has been for the better part of his career, and for that reason. You just can't depend on a player like that. You can't pay them over a million dollars in this league. Not to say that he doesn't deserve that money because pay players. Okay. But like my, my point is fine player. I If he if we had a guarantee, like if we could make a make a deal with God that he would be healthy the entire season, um, then I would be like, OK, five hundred thousand sounds like a good deal for him. Um, but the problem <laughs> is, is that I'm not convinced he won't miss another two thirds of the season like he did this year. So I just I I, I can't get excited about Bobby Wood like I wanted to I, like by all. I mean, this should have been this. This was the Bobby Wood redemption opportunity for him yeah. coming to RSL. Like this was the opportunity to prove like to not necessarily get back with the national team because that was never really going to happen um but like to become like a solid consistent player and i it's just not going to happen in his career like it's okay. it just isn't but it's, yeah, it's the aaron johansson thing it's it's these these other guys that are like fringe national team players who could never really become a staple because they can't stay healthy and it's a, it's a bummer so i know he hasn't scored many goals but he also cannot play more than like a few games in a row without like dislocating his shoulder cap or something.
2: Yeah. And we might be able to fool ourselves into thinking he could stay healthy for a season. Right. Because he, he yeah. did have a, a full half season with no injury concern of no. And that was the first time in a long time. Obviously it didn't pan out and like, we should not fool ourselves into that. But uh, I think even in that half season, he still had three goals. Right.
1: Yeah. yeah. and That feels really bad for him. Cause like, I, I don't know that's 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 the worst that's got to be the most frustrating type of like career trajectory because there are a lot yeah. of players that in mls that go overseas Um, they don't do super well or maybe they do okay in in leagues in europe and then they come back to mls and have like a long like good career in mls and that could have been bobby he he Tried at it, the Bundesliga level, couldn't make it happen. Could have come back here and could be like a solid MLS striker that's worth ten to fifteen goals a year at best, and it would have been you know a, a good thing. But I just don't. I don't know. I don't even know how old he is at this point. Is he? I
3: mean, he thirty died? years old. Twenty nine, thirty. Yeah. yeah. So like, so, I don't know. Sorry, maybe Kyle, I thought we were disagreeing. No, you're good. Sounds like, we we're agreeing we agree. The whole time. I just was.
1: I was doing a little. <laughs> I was doing a little dance before. Okay. I made my point. I was trying to build dr- uh, dramatic effect. I'm um, sorry I said freaking at you.
3: <laughs> <laughs> no, no, it's fine. I, just, I mean, that's basically my point. Is Sure, there's a lot of ifs with Bobby Wood, but I'm sick of dealing with ifs with Bobby Wood. Same. With my team. I'm happy if he goes to another MLS team and, and wants to try to stay healthy over there. Maybe he'll have better luck. Good luck to him. But I, I'm not interested in Bobby Wood at almost any price. like any price that he would accept. He's not going to go from a million dollars a year to 150,000 a year. I don't think, but if he did like, yeah, if he wants to try to make it at that much money, I'd be kind of okay with it. I still think we should be a lot more ambitious with our signings. If we desperately need a number nine, we desperately need a striker. Bobby Wood isn't the guy that shows any kind of ambition from the club. If that's, if that's our solution there.
4: No, and I think that there's other questions that would go along with why you would resign Bobby Wood because like then what did we sign Anderson Julio for? Like yeah, I, you know like what do we really think at this point like Bobby Wood is a known quantity. We know what he is. He's not going to stay healthy, he'll play 14-15 games a season for you maybe. But like we don't know what Anderson Julio is at this point because we we have never really given him an extended run. We've always used him as a super sub. And I I don't know that I just need to to rehash what Bobby Wood has given us. Bobby, thanks for the memory. And uh, easily, this the Sporting Kansas City goal was the
1: highlight of his as RSL correct. career. Yeah,
4: that's what I'm referring. Yeah, it was a great goal, and it was a great memory. <laughs> yeah, yeah, great goal, great memory. Um, but like, I'm ready to see what someone like Anderson Julio has to offer. Um, oh, also the really good TikTok, like the. There was like a TikTok video that
1: got removed because it counted as an MLS highlight that you can't post. But the, of him of him scoring then screaming and then doing like the he, he said a, a naughty word and then did like a flex thing. I thought that looked cool. Good goal. Uh, so, yeah, those two things I, I appreciate. And Bob, like Bobby seems like a great guy. Like I, I bums me out. I just can't like we just this is like a really a league where budgets really matter a lot. And that's just a lot of money to be spending on a player that. You can't depend
4: on, like, and that's a, yeah. a, a bummer, and it's not his fault, I don't think so. No, and I mean, that's really what that's really one of the things that killed RSL this season, right? They're yeah. two top paid players for the most part, played a combined 16, what's 19 games or something like that. Like, most of those, like, 18 of those are
1: Bobby, so
4: yes, exactly. <laughs> so yeah. it's like that's that's one of the things, like, you just RSL. At the top of its salary structure, like at the bottom of its salary structure, got a lot of actually really valuable production. For some of those players, you weren't paying a lot. Some really valuable production. Andrew Brody is a great example. Yeah, Andrew Brody, a great example. The problem is is that you got almost nothing from the top. The top three, you know, like the top three contracts. um, Which, I mean, almost includes Anderson Julio at this point, based on the salary that we know from him. And we got, what, like 500 minutes? Like that's, that's really one of the things that the club failed badly at. And some of that is, some of that's bad luck, you know, Uh, unfortunately Domi got hurt and that's not really anyone's fault. Like Domi was deserving of the contract when he signed it. I have no, I'm not going to blame anyone there, but you know, when you have Domi getting hurt and you relied on Bobby Wood, who gets hurt, suddenly you're putting a lot of money into (coughs) dead, into nothing, into minutes you're not getting. And that's, you just like cannot afford that in MLS.
3: Yeah. To finish my last thought on Bobby Wood, um, we have Danny Masofsky on the roster now. Um, he's played more MLS games and scored more goals than Bobby Wood has in the last two or three years. Like, yeah. If we just straight swap Bobby Wood for Danny Masofsky, we're saving a bunch of money and we're getting more production.
1: Yeah, so it'll be interesting to see if we do play Danny, because like, I don't know, couldn't get on the field in the playoff game and like we can point to how many? How many
4: games did he actually play in?
1: Two, two or three, for an RSO, three and three, and most of the—I mean, all of those were less than twenty minutes. Probably, I don't know. Yeah, yeah.
4: yeah. For, for
3: someone for a mid-season signing, it like the signs aren't positive. Like, no, they're not. But that's kind of my point: is Danny Masofsky is not a great player that I'm like super excited about. But he's better than Bobby Wood has been over the last couple of years. Yeah. So, so putting that so, in that context, like, I'm not excited at all about the prospect of re-signing Bobby Wood.
0: So conspiracy theory time.
2: I've been, I've I've been
0: been... in the secure, I've been in the security conference all day and there's literally a tinfoil hat section where they talk about conspiracies. (laughs) Um, What if the team knew that they weren't going to extend Beazler and taters? Right. And so that's why they put Beazler in at center back when they needed to hold on to a game, a man down in the playoffs because they knew it was probably going to be his last run out with the team. And they put on Schmidt because like, hey, we know he ain't coming back. So let's give him one more shot at glory. Like, dude scored two goals in the beginning of the season. Let's see if he's got that magic before we send him packing. So just throwing that out so there. So just if, asking the question.
2: Sounds a lot if like vibes-based coaching. Yeah.
3: So if that's the, um, like, what is what does the team get out of that? Besides just like feel good. All right. Goodbye, guys. I mean,
0: it's I think it's the same logic as having Justin Glad take the penalty kick in Seattle. It's it's vibes. It's, you know, let's throw out players that want to play because they want it more because they've got the eye test or whatever you want to call it. And, you know, if you if we go in with the conspiracy theory that they knew all along, they weren't going to extend these players. You know, maybe they tell these players, hey, you're you're fighting for. Your next gig or this option, right? The players know that it's their option here.
4: Yeah. And you so you've on got a field. combination.
0: You've got a player that wants it, a game that needs to be won. And you just hope, beyond hope, that your defensive midfielder will go play center back and hold the line. And your somewhat sometimes left back will go up and play as a wing and create an attacking opportunity. Like, it, 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 I can, I can all of a sudden support this conspiracy theory that I threw out as a joke. So,
3: so, I, so <laughs> to be clear, what we're saying is that the team went to those two guys and said, we're going to put you guys on the field. And if we win, we'll extend your option. Is that the conspiracy?
0: No, they should. They said, Hey, you're up on an option here. You know, okay. this is your chance to show that we should keep <laughs> you." Right.
3: Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
0: Like okay. here's a carrot. Here's a stick. Which one do you want?
3: Yeah.
2: All right. I'm a fan. Isn't the carrot usually attached to the stick? On the string? It depends string? on
3: how you use it. i no, are no, no, thinking of, you're a, thinking of like a donkey. A, yeah, you're <laughs> thinking of something else. It's <sighs> Wait, is
2: that what? Is that not what that phrase is?
3: No, the carrot or the stick is like it's classical conditioning. So you like either give them like the reward or you punish them, right?
2: Yeah. I think. Colin might be looking it up, uh, which is great. Just uh, the look on his face. I know that low. Mr. I've got a doctor. Let me tell you. Motivational approach
4: involves offering a carrot, a reward for good behavior, and a stick, a negative consequence for
3: poor behavior. I failed psychology in high school. I know what I'm talking about.
2: (laughs) I (laughs) failed. Got pretty good grades. Uh, I I took it for one term. Oh, man. That's awesome. All right, uh, So We've got two more players I want us to talk about. Uh, one of them you already know, uh, and we've we've touched on it just a little bit. So we're going to save him for the the second piece here. Should Real Salt Lake sign Brian Ojeda to a full term, like a, on the basis of what we've seen from Brian Ojeda? Should RSL pursue a four million dollar deal for him? No,
1: <laughs> no. I mean that's just too much money, Trevor. No, 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 no. I, here's the thing. That's the question. <laughs> you guys are feisty tonight. Sorry. No, I didn't. I,
3: <laughs> that, yeah, so I don't, don't take said that I like that. No, I ran fun. out. This is fun. So. That's the problem. The only reason yeah. I like the idea of us signing Brian Ojeda, besides the fact $4 that like, million. He's, he, he's a good player and we should try to keep good players. If we see the team spend $4 million on Brian Ojeda, that gives me some kind of hope that we're willing to spend money on players. I don't think $4 million for Brian Ojeda is the right price tag for the right player that we should be spending that money on. But if the team does spend $4 million on players, that signals we're willing to spend money on players. And that I think is a good thing. I'm fine with that. I think that spending $4 million on Brian Ojeda, probably not the best idea, but spend money on players is good. And that's what I support.
2: All right. That's
4: fair. I like, I always, I always do this thing, right? It's not my money the sports team is there to put an entertaining sports product for me on the field. So I don't care about the money. Right. But I'm also like, like, of course they should spend 4 million on Brian Ojeda. And then they should spend 10 million on a great striker. And they should spend 15 million on, you know, the best defender in the world. Like, of course they should always be doing that. That's always my, like, but I'm also not like, I'm also realistic. And I know that that's not going to happen. So like, like the thing about 4 million for Brian Ojeda for me is like, I'm afraid I'm the, I have the opposite fear of you because you're like, oh, that, that shows me that ownership's willing to spend money. And I'm worried about it, that they're going to be like, we spent money. What do you want? Yeah, that's them? what I worry about as that's, well. That's
3: fair with Matt. Maybe you can answer this question. If we spend $4 million on Brian Ojeda and sign him to, let's say a two year deal, that $4 million goes into his salary cap hit. And that yes. could put him at DP level pretty easily. Right.
2: Yeah, Almost you'd have, certainly you'd have to imagine that his contract would be pretty healthy if he's coming in for that sort of money as well. So say theoretically we sign him for 800,000, like he's on an $800,000 a year contract, <laughs> just purely theoretical. And then we, we so we've got that 800,000 each year that hits a cap. And then say we amortize the, the length or that contract over two years. Um, and it, let's even say four years. So it's a million dollars a year that puts him at 1.8 million and i believe i believe the tam level is like 1.6 so so we're looking at a situation where in a best case scenario he might be at a high tam level although uh is he under 20 he's 22 be- now so there is the i can't R- believe that someone who is 22 years old was born in the year 2000 i'm sorry <laughs> that's very distressing <laughs> Yeah, so I thought
3: that Trey said that it was, maybe Trey was talking about another player, but he was talking about if it's, that he would be a U22 DP.
2: Yeah, and that, that is also U22. possible. But the under 20, the, what do they call it? The uh, U22, U22 initiative. initiative? Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Um, so or it's Sam Stashwell
0: calls it the Young Money Initiative.
2: Yeah. <laughs> um, we don't have, I mean, we've got some idea of what that looks like. And uh, I'm, I'm Pulling that up now. Uh, At the
3: end of the day, we would have to sign him to like a five or six year deal to realistically prevent him from being a DP for the next four years.
2: Yes, unless, unless the he, U22 unless he initiative carries it.
3: And then U22, it does carry him as like the U22 DP, which doesn't count against your three, I think. It would carry it through uh his year, him being 25 years old
2: yes so
3: for um, the first three years it wouldn't like be a dp but he would still be a dp
2: so right? they they have to be 22 years old or younger in the first year eligible to play in an mls game so he would fit that and if the contract extends from this um because it's his first contract with mls um let's see so a player's salary may not exceed the maximum salary budget charge in any given year, including option years, a homegrown or super draft player in a second contract may earn up to $200,000 above the maximum salary budget charge in any given year. Um, and then clubs may pay without limit additional amounts in the form of acquisition fees. Sure. So that's that's where the $4 million wouldn't hit the cap in the U-22 instance. And if that were to happen, he should be eligible for U-22. It would be a second contract. So the maximum salary budget charge this year is 612. Uh, it'll go up a little bit, probably 635 or something. So we're looking at he, his maximum salary budget charge in 2023, if we were to sign him, would be something like $850,000.
3: So, okay. We got a little bit in the weeds there. To clarify. First time. <laughs> <laughs> if So if we pay the $4 million... If I understand what you were saying, that four million dollars doesn't actually go get amortized across his deal. That's he correct. Wouldn't actually, be a DP.
2: Uh, he, he would count for
3: six hundred to eight hundred thousand dollars against the salary cap. Yes, depending on other things. But okay. If so he I, went
2: beyond that, if if he wanted a one million dollar deal, then it would ca- then he he would have to be a designated player.
3: Okay. All right. So. Okay, so yeah, yeah. The four million dollars doesn't necessarily mean that he's definitely a DP for the next four years. Yeah, which makes me a, a, a little bit happier about maybe paying it. But yeah, no, I'm with you guys. Like, if we don't pay the four million dollars, that's totally fine. I, I um I think that I think that
4: he's a, I think that he's good. I think that he actually looked pretty good over the last two games of the season. Um, and I was f- famously someone on Twitter getting yelled at for saying that I hadn't really seen a lot from him, um, until those last two games. Um, you know, people were like, what are you talking about? He's the, he's the best midfielder that we have. Right. And I was like, I I haven't seen that. Um, but I haven't seen anything that tells me like, is he an MLS all-star caliber player? I haven't seen anything that tells me that yet. Right. I I think that he is an effective midfielder. He could be a, a good MLS starting midfielder. I haven't seen anything that tells me that he's an elite. MLS midfielder yet um and he's young and he could get there and that's definitely true but if you're going to be paying four million dollars to Nottingham Forest I feel like you kind of want to know that at that price point right
2: yeah Yeah, even if it doesn't count against the cap right four million dollars is a lot to pay for a player in MLS ownership knows it's a lot to play pay for a player in MLS are they willing to spend that much money and we have no evidence of that to this point They've not to mention a pretty cheap approach so far.
4: Not to mention, I mean, we already know, I mean, in the press release, they said they're working on a deal for Sergio Cordova. So you already know that you're going to spend,
3: I mean, what, at least a million there probably?
2: Or a handshake, not one more. of the two.
3: Yeah, it, I mean, it's a blitzer club. So like they can say that it costs whatever it cost, and just, you know, I don't want to say make it up, but like they can make it up. If they don't pay, if RSL doesn't pay Augsburg, then they'll figure it out. They'll just move money from one bucket to another. I gotta think
4: that there's gotta whatever. be some sort of FIFA regulation there that makes I mean, that I not a thing. Yeah. I have no idea, but there's there might not be, but yeah. I, I mean if if, if we've got to pay a transfer fee for Sergio Cordova, I you know, we've also got to factor that into any discussion that you know that goes into to Ojeda because that's just more money on top of whatever they're gonna pay for Sergio Cordova on
2: top so sure. that that actually it, brings me around to the other player and of course it was Sergio Cordova. but we knew that from the beginning uh should rsl sign Sergio cordova to a new deal
3: so let me ask you this real quick as a preface to this conversation yeah what would stop augsburg from just re-loaning him back to us for the duration of his augsburg deal
2: uh desire i guess that there, there there exists a world in which like they may want to try to get a uh, like recoup some investment, right? And Augsburg management doesn't care that it's a blitzer club, right? They may, they may end up being told you are giving real salt, like this player, they are paying $500,000. There you go. But it may be something else entirely. We don't, we don't know. There's no clarity there.
4: Yep. Right. And I, I just, because I, I don't like just coming straight out saying that I don't know the managed, like the ownership structure of, what like because rsl was owned by blitzer and ryan smith entertainment group i don't know if the investment group in augsburg it's definitely not ryan smith yeah. so there's probably there could be some other co-ownership group there that is not going to be like no i'm a part of this i'm a part of this too and i want to see my investment make money i don't care about your other investment yeah, so in which point. case it's like you know you don't just get to do if what you know like a, jerry-rig your way into a quote-unquote free transfer right because you maybe have another investor involved who's like no 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 that's not how we're doing that's not how we're doing stuff here i need Augsburg to make money
2: yeah um well it's it's very different than the relationship at city football group right where it's one person more or less it's uh, one kingdom uh who (laughs) owns all these teams (laughs) and if they move things around and they don't make money they're not concerned and they yeah. might move things around for financial play, fair play reasons. Or they might do them for know other about reasons. that,
3: Matt? That seems pretty...
2: I mean... There's I'm rules not, a
3: place that would prevent that, wouldn't it?
2: I, I'm not a big Liverpool head, to say the <laughs> least. Uh, and <laughs> if, if you're wondering where Kyle is and why he hasn't chimed in, it's because his computer crashed. He's working on joining, so don't, don't worry too much about him. Uh, he is not staying silent while I'm talking about Liverpool. But I know I'm on with two to three liverpool fans now two to three. which is very dis- distressing to me um and i i'm proud of you both for not speaking up when we talked about nottingham forest that was very brave of you um, mostly because i looked for the results um i didn't uh, we've got a kyle back so that's great
4: hello sorry Oh, you're I, I don't know what yeah. Matt's pontificating about Liverpool. We're about to find out where this is going. I, oh. I think he's. I think he's coming out as a Liverpool fan, and we're all here for it.
2: So uh, that's not going to happen. Um, yeah. Well, oh, I got a scarf in
0: the bag for you, man. I'm already ready to go. I'm waiting, I, been waiting I, for this day for years.
2: I actually believe you. Um, all that to say, like when when Klopp started talking about like the the financial disparity and like the like everything that comes with with nation states owning soccer teams. Mm. It puts you in a weird position, right? Yeah. Anyway, so that, that's so, a very long tangent. As I
0: was gonna say, to drive us back to the topic, um, I, for one, I've been pretty clear about this. This is not going to come as a big shock to anyone. I don't ever want to see Cordova play for RSL again. I just don't think at any point he's worth any amount of money unless it's a low, low tam deal. Um, like, I just, I, I don't understand and I don't see a world in which Demir Crylock does come back and he fits. Because even if, you know, if you follow this new narrative that he's a reluctant striker, okay, we'll put a striker on top. He's going to play in the midfield. There's no way he's going to start over Demir Krylok. He can't score off of his head. He can't make jumps. Anderson Julio out jumped him. I think Anderson Julio is like just shy of a foot
3: shorter, and can out jump him and can get his head on balls.
2: Anderson Julio right. is a very respectable height. I just want to put that out there.
3: <laughs> Anderson Julio uh, is the same height as Matt. I just want to put that. Out there. So and that's Colin. my. I mean, you know, that's my my
0: thing is I I think it's watching him play this season, and I, I tried. To I was big on Cordova. Like he's a he's a big player. He's strong. He looks physical. He looks like a hold up striker, which I thought the team really needed. And he does nothing a hold up striker would do. And you know, like I said, the narrative changed in the playoffs towards the end of the season. But he just does not play that role. And if you move him back to that midfield as a eight or a ten. Demir Krylock, if he comes back, is always going to be that eight or the 10. Nojeda is always going to be that eight or that 10. I don't know where he fits in that. So it seems very wasteful to continue to have him on, his ros- on this roster. Especially, I, I made this joke in the chat here a minute ago, and I'll make this comment now is that, you know, we talked about Bobby Woods' inability to stay healthy and Cordoba could stay healthy. And so it's hard to compare the two. Well, it's easy because Cordoba doesn't back pressure, and spends most of the game offside, and doesn't take a shot unless the ball is collected to his feet. And yes, I know he scored a couple of goals while the ball was rolling away from him. But if you watch every time that that ball dropped at his feet in the box, he's trying to collect it, trying to stabilize the ball before he will take the shot. So in the hypothetical universe that Bobby Wood doesn't get injured, which we know doesn't exist, Bobby Wood will put his body on the line to score a goal. Cordova will not. And with and that's a how team, we get <laughs> with it yeah, exactly. with a team that is is primarily going to you know assuming Pablo continues to coach the way he's always coached, it is going to be a team that bunkers and hits on the counter. You cannot have a striker that cannot shoot wherever the ball is. You have to have a striker that you know you, you don't have time for him to collect the ball because as soon as you're running on the counter, everything is collapsing. The fist is closing, and you have to beat the fist. And if you don't have a striker that can beat the fist, you're wasting your money. And so,
1: yeah, I mean, here's the thing: I think Cordova's production is pretty pretty decent for how much we're paying him. And so I don't i I, I thought I was going to end this season feeling a lot more passionate about Sergio Cordova. Hardly Noah. So that was just on my brain. Um, Wow, that
4: that did not (laughs) land in any way, shape, or form. I thought it was pretty
1: good. Nova, Harley, Nova, no. All right, Um, Uh, Kyle, can
4: you crash your computer? That's like the most (laughs)
1: opinion. That's like the biggest opinion I have about him is that I that was that was stuck in my head while I was waiting for my computer to boot back up. Um, No, I I I don't I don't know. I'm pretty. I'm fine if he comes back. I for someone who's a reluctant striker, like decent amount of goals scored by the end of the season, I guess, for someone that we aren't paying in all, like we're paying a lot less than Bobby would. I started to think about like how much we're paying other players. And I was just like, eh. you know, like if he comes back on like a similar deal and he's not a DP, which he says on Twitter that he's not. Um, then so We have the like greatest thing in RSL history. Is, so. Yeah. I mean, listen, I trust... I'm I'm like I'm a player's first kind of guy, so I trust him. <laughs> I think he's right. I trust
0: I trust Instagram emojis more than I trust them. <laughs> That's true also. I so just, me, straight 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 faced hourglass.
1: So right? no, he's like I think he has potential to be like he he's the same player we were frustrated with at the beginning where there are moments where you're like, Well, that was pretty good. And there are moments where are like, what are you doing? Like, why aren't you I mean, him being a reluctant striker, I think, was pretty clear when he like did, doesn't make a lot of runs that we saw Rubio Rubin make. That was a nice little contrast we got when they were playing pretty decently well together. Um, so yeah, I, I don't know, like, whatever, man.
3: <laughs> Come back. Me, Who cares? <laughs> <laughs> Let me ask this then. Um, Columbus just released their list of players that they're doing whatever with. Derek Etienne Jr. is a player that they released. He's, I think, he entered free agency this year. Yeah. Um, he was on two hundred thousand dollars last year. He's going to be on much more this coming season. Um, being a free agent, he scored the same number of goals as Cordova mm-hmm. and had, uh, I think, five more. How many assists did Cordova have?
2: Three. I'm looking yeah. it up now, but it, it he had a single digits.
3: Oh, Derek the end had nine goals and six assists. Yeah, that's was. that's awesome. So, like, if we're comparing numbers, we can get the same number of goals from a much cheaper player in this league. That I mean, that's true. But there are a lot of like,
1: I started to compare his salary to like other teams with the DP attackers who are who are useless. Like, I watched I watched a lot of LA Galaxy down the stretch. Kevin
0: Cabral...
4: <laughs> Imagine if we had Kevin Cabral on this team.
2: I would be in a
4: I mean, I would have run Elliot fall out of town on a rail. Yeah.
1: yeah. Like so but there are I- players that are stealing this league and I like yeah. uh Abobasi is another good example where he's on a similar deal to Cordova scored five more goals or whatever um around there I think. But so I know I I agree with you. Like they're I just don't feel like we're good at finding attacking diamonds in the rough. (laughs) And I wish we were.
3: We're not. And I guess that's my point is like, I don't think we need to bring Cordova back because like he doesn't do anything that we can't get from another player. Like getting nine goals out of a player. Like we can do that. I mean, when's that goals out of a
1: striker though? Like that was kind of the other thing. I mean, we played Demir at striker sort of, so he's, we kind of got that out of him, but
0: I kind well, of feel what like, was the year that there was a year that Crylock, Saverino, and was it Plata all had double-digit goals?
1: I mean, but none of those are strikers. Like all those are we had two I wingers in it. Oh, I thought you said Saverino. I didn't. I, know. I did say
2: Saverino. Oh, I, yeah. I, I misheard. The it. last it time it. we had a striker yeah.
1: that scored ten goals in a season was Saberio, right? Uh Yeah. So I mean, like, yeah, I always think that there are these guys that are just kind of floating around. Like the fact that we didn't end up with like Kai Kamara this year was like kind of weird to me or sorry. uh, Ola Kamara. Like he seemed like
3: or Kai Kamara for that. I I was going to (laughs) say Kai Kamara was a free agent. We could have had him and he ended up the season with like, I don't, I'm don't. i going to make this up, but I think it was double digit goals this year too. Like, was there an effort to get Ola Kamara okay.
1: for like in that David Ochoa? Like, I, I don't there's, know. There's, there's just like, a
3: rumor that Ola was like, that we were like interested in Ola. I don't know what actually, I don't know
1: if that was substantiated, that. but like, but, I don't know.
2: Before we get too far, I think it's, uh, so a had 17 goals. So, okay, near, so he had, nearly double. Yeah. He, that's like the a example price
1: of like a great value striker in this league. And I just, yeah. I don't know. Like we don't, Sign strikers who produce anything since Sabarillo. and I think, and again, like this is a guy who I don't even know if we should consider Cordova I, I i reluctant striker is so confusing to me because like uh, like is we signed him as a striker, like they
4: said that in the beginning, so um and it was very clear what our
2: intention was.
4: you know what here's here's gonna be my thing uh a little bit of a counterpoint to Kyle. You know what you get most often when you're looking for a diamond in the rough what rough <laughs> nothing <laughs> you get nothing i know and and sometimes like if you want to be a club with real ambition, sometimes you got to go buy a diamond yeah and no, i agree and I whether or not we you know we can talk about the the realisticness of that and, and the finances of the club or whatever, but like the club doesn't have, have ambition if you're not willing to just go like you have ambition when you're willing to go buy quality proven players when you're constantly looking for players who you are hoping are going to be better than they currently have shown. Sometimes you're going to hit. That's true. Most of the time you're not. And, yeah. and sometimes like, I just, I feel like a goal scorer is a diamond. No, and, you gotta buy it. I, I, and I agree
1: specifically when it comes to strikers. Like, I think that's the, like we're more, li- I think you're more likely to hit on those, Rough the diamond in the rough players on other positions, like send is back. a great example. Andrew Brody, I think, is a good example too. Where correct, um, yep. we have these cheap players who've made like an outsized impact uh, as compared to their to their perceived value, I guess, or but really how much we're paying them. That like doesn't you can't like cheat when it comes to a striker. I feel like, and you know, there are these like like Abobasi uh, uh, did have a great year, and so like maybe but this team hasn't ever proven that we can find those guys. Uh, we played Saborel a lot of money, but for good reason, because he was really good. Every other striker we've bought since then has not been as good. So yeah, um, but that's besides I mean, Sam Johnson, of course, <laughs>
3: <laughs> to go back to the point I was making about like, whether or not this is a developmental club, like, yeah, it hasn't historically. And historically you're right. We haven't been good at buying strikers, but again, that's a thing to criticize the club for agreed if we don't yes. just have to be like oh well we just can't buy strikers so we got to find another way like go buy a striker it's not hard 29 yeah. other clubs in mls have figured it out they all have strikers that have scored more goals than than we have well not MLS every, every single
4: like, club. well i don't know
2: no Super i would players.
4: say uh, i i don't think portland ended up with a double digit goal scorer this year
2: uh they did but did- barely diron espria espria yeah 10
4: oh yeah 10 okay
2: Every club we were has, has signed Arango.
3: strikers and no. they they find successful strikers. They, they find guys that can score goals. And so I don't accept that like, oh, RSL can't buy strikers. Oh, well, like, get better at it. Go, go buy a striker. <laughs> it can't be that complicated because yeah. other teams do it. Figure out what other teams are doing and do that. If yeah. it's a scouting issue thing, if it's a money thing, figure Too it out. Bad. <laughs> Whatever yeah. it is, they, they just got to get better at it. Right. And that's the end of that story.
1: I'm just gonna get a Wisecout Scout subscription and start floating rumors from burner accounts for all these trackers I <laughs> want us to sign and see what happens. And maybe I can talk one make one happen just from okay. manifesting. Look, Pablo um, and I so have a similar, I, I think, outlook on like the book The Secret. And I think that if we think about <laughs> manifesting, I think that's the best course of action is for all of oh, us to no. just get Wisecout Scout and start <laughs> putting stuff out into the universe.
2: I'm gonna have to censor speak as it is podcast.
1: dream
4: um i i didn't give my opinion yet i'm i think i lean a little bit more towards trevor um trevor's take on it because i just like i don't think his production was otherworldly or anything like that i feel like it's it's i realize that the argument that rsl fans will make and it's you know it's always one of those those things that you can talk into yourself into like he got better over the second half of the season as he got more comfortable in the season, scored more goals that could only lead well into next season where he's even more productive once he's more established in the system. And and I, under, I understand that. But I still think even over the second half of the season, he was basically an average MLS striker in sure. terms of uh, strike rate. And I think that... There are other parts of his game that I don't think he is particularly good at that I would like to see, like, incorporated into this team. And so I don't necessarily, I mean, he's coming back, right? Like, we all know that. Like, he's coming yeah, back. He's
3: pr- yeah.
4: Um. And so I'm not, like, super bummed, but I'm also, like, I a little bit, like, I think I know what I'm going to get with him. And I think it's going to be about an average MLS striker level when it would be nice to be above average.
1: Yeah, I'm kind of concerned him coming back means we aren't going to place a lot of import in importance on signing a, another like a big like an expensive striker. That's what that's what kind of worries me. I, yeah. I think oh, one of the things that I think we've probably noted this mm-hmm. on an episode past, I think he got better when we signed another good, att- really good attacking player in Jefferson Saverino, And yeah. that's not coincidental. Like Sava well, and makes I think people better around him.
4: Yes. Yeah, A hundred percent agree. And I think that he looked better when Saverino was playing in his natural position and Rubio Rubin was playing as a second striker. I think yeah. that that looked, that made Sergio look even a little bit better. Um, you know what's a, so, a good evidence of that? I was thinking about how one of the
1: worst games of the season that I just was so awful to watch. It was another like Sunday afternoon game the at Nashville game where we played a 4-4-2 and we played Sergio Cordova and Rubio were being together up top and how terrible that was. But then when we had Sava Arena, when we tried that again toward the end of the season, how much better it looked <laughs> just yeah. having Sava there and actually like a creative attacking player. Even if he's on the wing, he doesn't have to be uh on the the front line there um him being in the midfield or on the wing whatever made a big difference uh even with those two guys who i at one point i thought was like after that national game I was like these we can't ever play Rubio rubin and sergio cordova together up top ever again and then when we added sava to the mix i was like oh this can this can actually work and i, I think it it can work um so yeah. yeah
4: i i'm gonna go out on a limb here i know that A lot of people are upset for Rubio Rubin for the red card. It was a dumb decision. Absolutely. I liked what I saw from Rubio Rubin in those last two games. It was good. I thought his ability to stretch the field, like downfield, the right balls over the top and to stretch the field. And some of the runs that he made um, with better playmakers in the team make him look way more dangerous. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Yeah. But I like I don't I don't know what you do with this team. I mean, like of course is not gonna sign another striker after they sign Cordova because they've got Cordova, Musovsky, Anderson Julio, Rubio Rubin. Like <laughs> they're not like they're not going to. Like you've already invested in Anderson Julio, who you haven't played, and you've already got Rubio Rubin signed to a long term contract of another couple of years. And now I don't I don't know what Danny Musovsky has and the answer is, is that the answer is, is that this team is probably going to say Sergio Cordova is our reinforced quote unquote reinforcement at striker, and we're going to look at other positions. and I don't think that that striking core is good enough, um, to get this team to a home playoff game
1: mm, yeah. um,
4: unless the other pieces that RSL invests in are very good.
3: Yeah, and it's one of the things that I think RSL fans tend to fall into. I'm sure other. Fans of other teams do this too, but Cordova is a really good example of that, and Rubio Rubin's kind of a good example um, of it as well. Where we see a player play for the club for a couple years, and we just like the player, and so at the end of the season, we go, "Oh, well, we, we don't want to lose Cordova because he was doing kind of good in the last half of the season." We talk ourselves into thinking that like we need to keep that player because we like that player, or that player did a couple things well. When like at the end of the day we could definitely improve. And that's definitely a spot where we could improve, but we're probably going to keep Cordova. And that means that we're, we're not improving at the, at the forward position. Right. Yeah. At, at the,
4: at the at best we're standing still.
3: Yeah. Right. I mean, like it, this is a team that like last year, we clearly need to improve. I mean, this is going to be the stupidest thing I say all episode, but we clearly need to improve the roster. If we want to like improve the team, like the team needs to improve we need to improve the rock, but we're just not going to because we're going to sign right. the same level of players and if we just sign cordova again that's a sign that we're not improving anything
1: sorry i, that's I love when trevor prefaces something that he says he's like i'm going to like he'll say like i'm going to say something that i don't really believe or like like i'm going to disagree but not disagree or this is about to be the stupidest thing i'm going to say all episode but i'm going to say it anyway i love when you do that sorry it's so um, funny every time. But yeah moments. no i i completely I completely agree, and I'm. I hate that I can feel myself already accepting the fact that we're gonna go into next season with like a nearly identical roster with what we just ended with. Like I, with the amount of players we're negotiating with, and uh, with with the number that we've cut, I think I don't know. Are we can have three roster spots open. It's if we sign well, all three of the ones that we're negotiating
3: we can, with, we can go back into the conversation we had last year where. How many roster spots do we actually have because we had like thirty five thirty six players well. in the contract at some
2: point yeah, yeah we, right still now, we
3: got, yeah, right now, I think we have twenty six is the official count
2: yeah twenty six plus the three that we're supposedly renegotiating with,
3: yeah, okay so i I think realistically we can make three or four signings without having to ship people out.
2: Yeah, yeah, and, and I we mean, signed six, right, to replace yeah. the six that we've declined. Only two of those are on like non-low deals. I wonder. Yeah, I wonder well, then who then our O'Heda's, targets are.
3: Ojeda's deal ends halfway through next season, so oh we've, yeah, we've got at least the team, historically speaking, has like left room to make summer signings as well. So, yeah, so I think thinking that they're going to replace all six right now, I, I think is I, optimistic at best.
4: And my concern is, is like we've talked about the strike force i this defense man is worrying just the depth, because, you mean. yeah, just the depth I mean, like for for the Liverpool heads here yeah. uh, we'll really? remember a couple years ago where Liverpool had three or four center backs out at one time, and like yeah. like that happens, and if that happens on this roster, you're gonna be seeing. Pablo Ruiz playing center back. Like you know what I mean. Like they have. There's no depth there. Yeah. And I realize like there's like certain. There's a certain injury crisis that like no team can overcome. Like it's just too much. And that's kind of where Liverpool got that season. Yeah. But like you have you have Glad and Silva when they're resigned. Who's behind them? You have Holt and Orozco. and yeah. that's it. That's, that's it. What? That's four center backs on a roster is what not not any team would find enough going into. Or yeah. like a full, full season full
2: to be honest yeah but, especially yeah. if you play 3 right as yes. so. especially
4: when you have a coach that
0: sometimes decided to play a 3 in the back no well, it's that's why you have Aaron Herrera for it's yeah forever. Aaron
3: Herrera is our third center back in the yeah I, I i hmm.
4: so, uh, so i think like like depth wise, you you've got to be looking for a, at least one or two defensive pieces. Yeah, I think but that's what I was to go wondering. into the roster with a healthy healthy shape. It's
1: like, do you think? So I I'm I'm starting to think this the club might feel like they have all the attacking pieces they need, and like their big focus. I honestly think might. I, I mean, I don't know if we're still going to be focused on a six. I, I I if we're playing the double pivot type thing or for pl- like I, I don't I don't know what the plan is there and, and I don't know if like Demir comes back like what we're planning on with that maybe but it does feel like I I think we are probably the club's probably targeting defenders right now like Tay Schmidt going out makes me think that we are looking at defenders and I still think that like uh, Andrew Brody's best position for us could honestly be like a right midfielder right wing position instead of being a fullback. I would actually prefer that because um, I think he's important to have on the field, but maybe not at the expense of Aaron Herrera and not at the left back position. But I, I don't know. I but I completely agree like an aging Marcelo Silva and the clear distrust that uh, I almost said Mike Pecky, ooh, Um, that Pablo Mastroeni has with uh, Hazi Roscoe and maybe inflated trust with Eric Holt at certain points. Um, I just don't, it goes back to that kind of develop, uh, development, uh, discussion. It's just like, you know, we've kind of got some players in the works, but some of them are too young, but the ones that we do have that are ready to go, um, aren't there. Like I would have so much rather had that terrible, awful summer last year. If it, we were giving minutes to some of like, Ozzy, for instance, biggest Gavin example. Young
2: players, right? Or
1: Gavin Beavers? Like, did we really? Are we? I don't know. Maybe I'm. Maybe I'm just like have such a hyped up version of Gavin Beavers in my head. I there's nothing I want more than for for the beef to be the the second to to be playing cut matches first of all, but then like I don't know. Zach McMath at his age playing every minute <laughs> of the league play. It was like I don't know. Yeah, like so- maybe we couldn't have gotten. Uh, be even there for some scheduled losses we had like
4: that we really did have scheduled losses because I recently. think it's I, I go back and forth on this a little bit because I think like um, you know one of the things that Jurgen Klopp does so well is develop the kids but he never puts the kids out there in a situation to fail like That's you know who gives them an opportunity but like Harvey Elliott doesn't start with a bunch of other nobodies right? right and you're like well let's see what Harvey Elliott's gonna do. Harvey Elliott starts with Mo Salah, Jordan Henderson, Fabinho like all the best all players around him yeah yeah like yeah like the best players around him and so like i don't necessarily subscribe to like oh you just give young players minutes and they'll figure it out because that can be a great way to destroy their confidence if you're putting them in with the wrong players in the wrong situations and like results are going the wrong way i i don't necessarily agree with that but like you know you there is a way to develop young players smartly and give them opportunities and games that are meaningful yeah and and that's one of the frustrating things with Diego Luna, who is ready, who is at that point, I think, to be yeah. given some meaningful minutes, but has sometimes been thrown into lineups that were just like, well, I don't know, we don't really think we're going to win this game, so we'll just kind of do nothing with it. And I'm like, well, you're not putting Diego in a position to succeed. He needs to be put in with in with in like a system that's going to work for him. That like sure. you're planning to use him in, and so that's like that's almost like anti-development, right? <laughs> like was- just being like like minutes themselves are not necessarily the only thing that make a a young player develop better. Um, Yeah, that's fair. And so I do have a question. What's
1: more demoralizing uh, being put on with the schlumps to go lose a game at Atlanta or having to sit on the bench while your team wins like four games and 20 and watching all the horrible performances in front of you and not being able to get yeah, off the I, bench for that. I don't know. Dude, I,
2: <laughs>
4: I agree. I mean, yeah, I think both, I of, think both, I think both of them are awkward. demoralizing and the fact that they happened to him both consecutively are also <laughs> pretty demoralizing. Like, oh, we really can't get this guy some
1: minutes. That's huh? not like the, like the RSL uh, preferred 11. We're just carving it up all summer. Like I don't, that certainly wasn't the case.
2: All right. So we're, we're coming up on, uh, half the length of the episode here (laughs) Um,
1: for me it is 26 minutes
2: (laughs) oh that's true um but i thought before we ended we should go over the key off-season dates so that we've all got kind of got them locked in our head uh so saturday november 5th mls cup 2022 neat i guess i don't know i'm
0: go union uh, yes, yeah. go union! Yeah. Absolutely, yeah, union go. energy. We're
3: fully
2: on board with the union.
0: Yeah. Custom shoes. Jim Curran is my boy.
2: Uh, Monday, November seventh. There's a 48 hour trade window that opens. I wouldn't expect anything to happen there for RSL. I mean, occasionally you see stuff happen. I don't. I don't honestly know why it exists.
3: Well, it's. I mean, never mind. It exists because some teams use it, but RSL hasn't, like, ever, so.
2: Yeah, and, and I don't think you have to, right? Because It's the... mostly
3: just a, a vehicle for some teams to gain allocation money. Yeah. Or, whatever. like, there's nothing major that's going to happen. Like, we're not going to trade Demir Crylock to anybody. No. There's not a major move that's
2: going to happen. Um, November 10th, there's no November 10th. Uh, the expansion draft protected and eligible lists are made available. Uh, then the following day, Friday, November 11th, we've got the MLS expansion draft. Uh, and then the trade window reopens following that draft. Uh, Wednesday, November 16th, free agency opens. Thursday, cool. November 17th, we have the re-entry process. It used to be the re-entry draft. Now it's a process. <laughs> it hasn't changed. Yeah, that's stage one. Every
1: draft is a process. Still sucks.
2: Uh, and it's then a health
0: and safety protocol. Yeah.
2: Uh, we We would do expect, of course, that those uh, six, at least four of them, will be available in the re-entry process before RSL has a chance to renegotiate with them. Two other teams. In yeah, stage one, will be available yes.
3: for other teams to pick up their options.
2: For other teams. Uh, and in stage two, so they can withdraw from between stage one and two uh, and then make themselves not available so that, anyway. All that to say, uh, Tuesday, November 22nd is re-entry stage two. <laughs> and then, uh, for some reason, it's in December this year. Uh, the super draft is December 21st. I don't know why. I, Does
1: Jasper have a like younger brother or something?
2: Oh, maybe that'd be great. I
1: don't think so.
2: And then, uh, preseason well, begins January 3rd through yeah. 7th. Oh my god, <laughs> <laughs> so we're almost there. So, so,
3: hold on, ooh, so the season I'll, kicks I'll off so, February
2: 25th, yeah, yeah,
4: because. <laughs> Because we've got the Leagues the Cup thing in the middle of the season oh that we're spending the MLS season again? for. Oh, what do you remember. mean that crap? It's like the premier thing that's happening next season. Like the way that they're hyping it, it's like almost bigger than the season itself, right? Oh, um, yeah. it's
1: going to be that's awesome thing. when they do the Gone. Leagues Cup midsummer and then switch the MLS playoffs <laughs> to be a World Cup like format where you play in groups <laughs> just to get more <laughs> games. I just yeah. can't. Gone.
3: It all. Cups sucks. on
1: cups on cups.
4: It actually sucks. I know, I, 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 could, I, understand, not I he, could not care less about the Weeks Cup. I could not
3: care less. And the league, in both leagues, are going to be like, this is the greatest thing that's ever happened, but it actually sucks, so...
4: Yeah,
2: no,
3: I agree. Um, hold on, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to actually
4: finish this with one final rapid-fire question. Is
2: it about Gustavo Cueher?
4: No, <laughs> that, would, that would be a good one. Oh. Uh, does RSL have a significant transfer out? So there's been talk of Justin Glad, Aaron Herrera, Pablo Ruiz... Are one of those guys being transferred out? No. God, I hope so.
2: I'm who do you know? But there will be some sound and fury around it. I'm, I think, I'm
0: going to go. I'm going to go with hope so. Who I, do you guys I hope think, gets transferred out?
3: I hope Pablo either Master Manny.
0: <laughs> Ian, who do you hope? That's the correct answer. So my thing is, so I'm going to say this, and I'm going to couch it, and it's going to get clipped, and people will be like, Ian's a hater. I don't um, think anyone's ever clipped us, but they should.
1: Yeah, if you're listening to this and you clipper, clip
0: this and
1: prove to me that uh, you're a clipper. I've actually clipped you guys. Okay, well, yeah, but you're, you're, you're doing, doing it a as clipper. like a—it's for science, anyway. Ian, who do you hope uh, is
0: out? So I I've always—I've—I've I've been saying this for a little while. I think Glad and Herrera, mm. mostly because I—I, as much as I love them being on the team. I think that the way that the team has utilized them and the fact that they've locked them down for so long has somewhat stunted their career possibilities. I, mm. think if, I think if Glad especially gets opportunities outside of RSL and hopefully outside of MLS, I think Glad is in the running for the national team. But I think the fact that he's been the stalwart, kind of silent guy for RSL, RSL being a mid-table bottom table team in MLS, he regardless of how well he does to hold that team in the middle of the table, it's not going to get the attention that it means. Same thing with Herrera. I, yeah. I I that's me being a big homer, that's me having a lot of faith in those guys. So it's so more I, of a I, national team thing for you. It's just I like I as a homegrown hmm. player I want to see them develop in their career because they are someone they are players that I've grown fond of. And I coach in an academy, and you always want the kids that you coach to go do better things, even if it's not sure. with your club. And that's kind of how I see that. Um, that said, I could see Brody go. I could see Brody go for big money somewhere else in MLS Ooh, because Brody's Brody's shown that he can play a lot of stuff and do really well, and so
1: I I could see us getting like Corey Baird like money for Brody, which I think is probably yeah. appropriate. I do think. Andrew Brody's a more complete player. I'd rather have Andrew Brody than Corey Baird. Um, I, the question with Glad and Herrera leaving at this point, I, I don't know. It's like the, the opportune time for them both to leave mainly glad actually would have been like three years ago, probably Um, at this stage. Well, I don't look Aaron long is going to be starting center back at the world cup. So anything is probably possible at the center back uh, for the national team. Apparently um, really shoot your shot kids. Cause if Aaron Long can start then boy, anything you can, you can really achieve your dreams. But I, uh, I don't know. I don't, I don't think I, I'd be very surprised if, if Justin glad ever made a push into the, the national team, we've seen Aaron Herrera essentially Decide that he is never going to make it with the U.S. men's national team, which is more of a long shot with how stacked the men's national team is at, at right back. So he's going to most likely to Guatemala instead. Um, I, I I, was probably passionate about selling them for money like a few years ago at this stage. I'm just so not confident in our ability to sign quality players. And I'm kind of starting to be like, eh. I kind of want them to stay because I don't know who he'd be able to replace them with. And I'd be okay with it. Like these are really good players. And if they like it here, you know, like people have different career ambitions. Um, Obviously, people want to represent their country, uh, which I get. I just don't know if Justin Glad like if Justin Glad the biggest bummer, like you were saying, Ian, like if they get sold elsewhere in MLS, it's like, come on. (laughs) <laughs> like if they're going, yeah. if they're if they're if we're gonna sell them, it better be to like as a step up and not a step across because there's there's no other player in MLS that we could sign to like replace either of these guys that I'd be like stoked about. So if, if it would be a lateral move for both the club and these players if they went elsewhere in MLS, I think. But
3: can I throw right. a wrench in the mix real quick? Oh, okay, wrench guy, this, huh? This may mean nothing. Technician guy throws a wrench. <laughs> This might not matter at all, but Justin Glad did get new representation. Chris in the Winger, last week or two. right? I it's the company that Chris Winger works for. I don't know the Chris Jay Z's company. An agent. Yeah, it's Roc Nation, me. isn't it? Signed to Jay Z, he signed to, yeah. Jay-Z. He signed to rock
1: Rockefeller Nation. Records. He's releasing a rap album under the name. Uh,
0: <laughs> every pre- every pre-game Cody's going to be a Rock Aware.
1: That would <laughs> that would if he starts like wearing like rock branded like male sports bra things that he like <laughs> that they the sports whatever it's gonna be awesome i can't you know like, some of us some people have sensitive nipples kyle they they make creams and and balms for that <laughs> you might be able to work on like a chutney <laughs> in the mix but uh there's clearly something else there's clearly not a purpose for those but i i don't know it'll be awesome good for him i'm maybe I don't know what it means when you sign for Rockefeller sports or whatever, but
3: rock nation. Yeah. Sports, But yeah, I, I don't know that it necessarily means that like we're trying that a player signs with a new agency in an attempt to like get a move, make a move, renegotiate a contract, whatever. But like it, it, it could happen. So here's the other thing is Aaron Herrera and Justin Glad are the same age. They're 25 years old, which considering that justin glad's been a professional for that's
1: crazy that they're only 25 so
3: long like he's still like hasn't reached his prime prime age for sure so if they're going to be making a move like it's not too late they're absolutely not 30 they could still make a jump to europe or aaron herrera could make a jump to mexico or you know something like that um that wouldn't be too far outside the realm of possibility like they're the right age to be doing aaron
1: speaks spanish right i think I think so.
2: At least some. I, yeah, I don't.
1: I
3: would imagine
2: he he doesn't usually do interviews in Spanish, but
1: yeah, I think I I just kind of figured it, if you're considering going to like a national team where they like obviously speak Spanish, I I was I was wondering about that, but yeah, now it's it's crazy how young they both are still, and there's still plenty of time. I'll just be bummed if the move they make isn't like a pretty clearly a progressive step forward and if it's
0: yeah, yeah. i agree They
1: sign for the new salary. york city fc i'm like i'm gonna raise hell and be on the news for something i swear that's not a, a, uh it's not actionable a video <laughs> game i'm gonna be on the news for being 100 percenting red dead redemption or something <laughs> um i fun. mean i'll write about you
3: Fun fact: While we're having this conversation, Andrew Brody is two years older than Aaron Herrera and Justin Glad.
1: Yeah, man. A lot of those, like, uh, like people don't know Michael Chang is like thirty-one or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Like the a lot of these monarchs guys that we pulled up,
4: deceivingly old. Be careful. Um. So yeah, I think I think potentially one guy goes between Glad, Herrera, and Ruiz. I think one of those. And I think the club is perhaps kind of like planning for that. That would make some of the roster moves make a little bit more sense. If like you're going to move one of those guys, I mean, not, uh, not in the defense. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I think think the club, the most dispensable of those players right now currently as the roster is constructed is Ruiz. Yeah. And Ruiz Um, is
3: still very young and I correct me if I'm wrong, used to play for like youth national teams. So like he, yeah. And he's
1: also switching front to Chile. Is that correct?
3: That's confirmed. Well,
1: he played youth Argentina, I'm pretty sure, and he's switching to Chile, is my is what I Oh I think. Okay. Well, yeah, I, just,
0: Chilean I, I just remembered that there was the Hispanic heritage game where he he brought out the Argentinian flag. And so yeah, I was, believe I'm, he is Argentinian. but he mixed so about He's that.
3: Argentinian, yeah, you're right. Yeah, he's Argentinian,
4: but he played we signed him from a Chilean club, right? So wasn't he in yeah. Chile for a long time? Mm,
1: yeah. His parents are Argentine. His grandparents are Chilean. That's uh, right. He's, yeah. he acquired Chilean nationality at the end of 2016. And I, that was, I thought in advance of trying to switch to Chile, because you have a better end of there instead of uh, the Argentina midfield. Um, yeah. yeah. He you know, did play is, in Argentina U-17s though.
3: Yeah.
2: At left wing. It yeah, would not it be, so-
3: yeah. it would not be outside the realm, like, he could find a club in in south america in uruguay, paraguay, chile, argentina. Those are all right. countries that he could very easily find a club and somebody would yeah, He's somebody.
4: 23. He's a I mean yeah. I feel like I feel like for a step up you got to be looking at Liga MX or Brazil or Argentina, right?
3: Yeah, but if if you're trying specifically. to specifically yeah. Yeah, if you're trying to get to like the Chilean national team, a lot of those guys play in Chile. So like
1: That is true. Uh Boca or River or bust, buddy. Hey, remember when he was a left back <laughs> under Pecky? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that was awesome. Oh, boy. oh man!
2: All right, on that very happy note, uh, I think it's time to end this episode.
1: Yeah, g- get your ballots out, vote for Beavers. He's training with uh, he's training in Europe, I think, during the off season. So with uh, the palace, they're all right? like
0: Crystal Palace,
1: beyond that, ride God. in, ride in, Gavin Beavers for Senator. <laughs> and uh be on the lookout for gavin next year because i am stoked kyle kyle is a big beeper head i i was at that chelsea game and boy did he make an impression did that young man make a, an impression on me that sounded weird but he was good i was very impressed yeah. with his soccer skills I And think his gavin
0: beavers is, i don't think gavin beavers is old enough to actually run for office is he
4: 17
0: yeah, he's At like 17
4: years old. He's like six uh, six. That's why I always think he's he, older. He makes me. I don't fall. think. Like, well, I'm old enough to run for senator yet. I think you have to be 35. That's old enough for president. president.
3: You can be president. I don't think senator or House representative actually
4: You're also, have yeah. age restrictions. None of us have the yeah.
3: qualifications.
1: You do have to be, I think, on the registered sex offender list in order to be eligible to be a <laughs> U.S. senator. I'm not positive on that.
2: <laughs> oh, uh, 30 years old, <laughs> by the way. 30.
1: Okay. So oh, <laughs> one for two on that one. Yeah. I'm 30, <laughs> by the way. <laughs>
2: Welcome to the age of being able to be a thank
4: you, thank you for that clarification, Kyle.
2: <laughs> All right. Uh, let's just say goodnight. Right. Good night, everybody. Good night. Good night.